This is Jordan Grace, and you're listening to the Social Suplex Podcast Network. BWB, this is One Nation Radio. You better get it right. Rich Ladder James Boyd came to give him life. The blackest wrestling podcast has come to kick all ass and drop it six feet if they're kicking trash. Word, let me welcome y'all to something different. And if you dig it, man, you should let some friends listen. We be getting it in this on the regular, dude. Ravish and flow, but this shit rule. See, James don't rap, so I had to break it down. The whole network, man, we coming for the crown. Raps in the columns, I keep them both covered Making the beats too, so the listeners can bump it Hit us with the rating, yeah, I'm saying it's a five Before you hit a talk, bob your head side to side It's One Nation Radio, and this is the beginning It's Rich, and I'm here with James It's time to listen to One Nation The power of the this is Mike Sempervivi from WrestlingObserver.com. Check me out on Wrestling Observer Live every day. And also check out your boys, Rich and James, on One Nation Radio. Uh, this is Kenny Omega. We're listening to One Nation Radio. Check it out, guys. These guys know what's up. Big Kenny Omega fans. That's all it counts to me. Goodbye and good night. Hey. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to One Nation Radio. I'm James Boyd, and here with me I have my profit percentage partner, Rich Lotta. What's going on, man? Oh my god! <laughs> I'm chilling, man. Um, you What's know, so funny? Just, we, we're wondering. not we're not profit percentage partners. No, you know, you Fuck know, I, you know, I, you know, I, 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 I'm not talking about that on air. You know? Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> I want to see the numbers. What? The, where is this four hundred thousand dollars coming coming up missing from? What is going on? <laughs> you know. What four hundred thousand? And this podcast isn't any of your business, James. Oh, okay. Look, I'm, I'm not Maul or, or, or Rory. I'm Parks in this <laughs> bitch. I'll shut this bitch down. I am recording. Fuck you, me. <laughs> Look, man. We, we we're starting there. You, I, I thought I just basically threw this on you. We're starting there. I have listened to. I'm not a regular listener of the Joe Budden podcast. Um. I am somebody that will check in maybe like once every two months and check out like a couple minutes here or whatever else. I do enjoy the chemistry that those three had. Um, I think they are funny while also being incredibly problematic, right? We have talked plenty of times about how Maul is a blatant homophobe or or, or like the worst uh, covert homophobe imaginable. Like, <laughs> but anyway, um, that... I listened to Bun's podcast from um, that he deleted or whatever else. I listened to in its entirety. I listened to the Ro- the Rory and Maul podcast from the weekend. I even listened to like the 15, 60 minute Joe response to it. I don't know how much of any of those three things you watch, but I watch all of them. And like, I feel like these three people have decided that like their principles are more important than making whatever money they were making together or or whatever. And I think that like ultimately going over some of the petty things they said about each other, this was born for a long time and this was inevitable regardless of however this happened. And the things that are argued about are of such slight distinction that like, oh, it doesn't matter. Like for one side to say, we are profit percentage partners. And the Joe on the other side say, 
we are not profit percentage partners. Y'all just make a percentage based off the profit I make, which is like, so are we arguing over whether they're partners or not? Or what's going on here? What, what are we doing? Um, it, it was just weird. Like, I'm not going to go into nitty gritty details, but what are your thoughts on it? Like, objectively, try to be objective. Don't just be the, the huge Joe Budden fan. Like, objectively, what do you think about it? He's been to give me the Joe Budden fan so, stuff anyway. Go ahead. So, so I didn't, I didn't see the 16 minute response thing, okay. uh, but I heard the other uh, two things. Okay. I mean, um, yeah, kind of like you said. I feel like, um, like I had mentioned to Alex uh, the other day. Alex I was is like, my cousin. This is nothing. Hold on, hold on. Yeah, Alex is my cut, co- my older cousin. Uh, me, Rich, and Alex, uh, or me and Alex actually met Rich for the first time together, um, and when we were doing the music thing together, we were doing it all together for a long period of me and Rich's friendship. Uh, and then I left out and Alex is now lives in Atlanta. He's been on the podcast every time throughout the years for stuff, mostly involving like music. So go ahead, Rich. Yeah. So I had told him, I was like, these just sound like three guys that have, um, they, they have unresolved stuff and that they have never settled for years and they they never really talk about what is the line with each other they never talk about you know what they didn't like uh, they never talk about you know their friendship or anything and it's like i think the other ones i, I think Roy and Maul feeling themselves a little bit i think joe obviously is feeling himself like i agree you too. know so it's like every, everybody's trying to say, you know, this, you know, I'm the reason everybody, everybody wants to credit, you know, and it's, 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 it's a dirty game like that, especially like when these dudes won't, or they don't seem like they're capable of confronting each other in a way that is either like non-physical <laughs> or is like, a, a way that they can both understand where the others are coming from. They have it, you know, they have like one step deeper with this because they have like lawyers involved in all this shit and lawyers just make everything muddier no matter what the situation is. But, um, you know, run starting in like it was a good run for them. And, you know, I, I think, you know, Joe was the primary draw for that Absolutely. and he's going to continue to, you know, He's going to continue to do whatever uh, with his new hosts or everything like that. And we'll see what Royal Mall do, you know, yeah. because I, I think I think, you know, they're going to get a lot of sympathy um, off this off this stuff. Like they getting a nice little, you know, how Bret Hart got sent into WCW. And it's like <laughs> you got a perfect launching pad off that evil, quote unquote, evil motherfucker over there. Um, you well, know, not, well, y- not if go- you're not. Well, if there's not. Not, that would be true if there weren't like a one year non compete that Joe is going to exercise. <laughs> like that, that's, that's part, amazing. That's the part where I'm just like, all right, Joe, you have gone beyond the pill. Like when he said, "I will." Oh, see- Rory and Maul, they, they they got look. Rory and Maul, they have to uh, try that. Like if, if they don't try it, like um, as far as like they are like yes, like well, like they, they kind of they already have did. To- like doing that podcast yeah. is, wouldn't that be a quote unquote breach? I mean, I, I guess it's, it depends on if they mean an official podcast, blah 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 blah. Technicalities involved, I don't know. But 
like for a one year um, non compete that he can, that Joe Budden allegedly can exercise, they sure did put up another fucking podcast to charge people two dollars a piece for it. Like days later, I, I thought that was I thought it was quite yeah, interesting. Yeah, I, I, I think. I think they need to go ahead and, and try to challenge that in court and and try to try to go ahead and do that or else waiting that long, I don't think it'll be to their benefit. Like because then they're gonna almost be like, Remember us, remember here's the true story and all this yeah. stuff. It's like, nah, bro, you gotta get this like what is it, May? You gotta get this popped off before next NBA season. Like, <laughs> yeah. like you gotta figure figure something out. You got to figure something out, bro. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's it's Team Joe all, all, all the way over here. You know, one monkey, two monkeys don't start no show. You know. So, you know, that's the name of a uh, of a um, goodie mob album, right? After CeeLo didn't show up for for uh, a session or for a uh, for a whole album. I did not. Yes, yes, yes. That was like right after like CeeLo blew up, and and it that doesn't like, sound wise. Depends. Depends. You know, CeeLo, after like becoming the the big soul singer, is different than like when he was doing the soul singing thing and also just rapping with Goody Bob. This like that man elevated. He totally gotcha. elevated. It's a whole different thing. Um, but yeah, um, I just believe that these people um, were fed up with each other. I think they're like mo- I, I think they're like mo- most men. They have they have a problem expressing Commun- their 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 communication, yeah. their feelings, and their emotions. Yeah, I think. Yeah, and I think the main thing with 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 Joe is Joe was b- hardlining in in a bit in a way hypocritical, given like what you think of with the Spotify stuff, where he's like, "We want the numbers, open this shit up, transparency, transparency, transparency." And then you yeah, obviously there were real grievances, like you know we were oh the bonus they gave us some fucking watches that weren't even close to the bonus we were er- earned or er- earned or all that kind of stuff back then, you know. What was that eight months ago or whatever else when they decided to leave Spotify and he was airing them out for months. But um it's really weird for to talk about how he was talking in like and obviously a lot of that is turning up and in giving, you know, rhetoric and trying to be a, you know, or not trying to be, but like, you know, I am fighting the machine. And then like on the other end, is like, you got to remember, man, machines come in all sizes. And I don't think Joe necessarily recognized that. And when you don't, when, you know, there's, there's people have concerns about, mis, about money mismanagement or whatever else. And then, and that's, that comes with the territory, right? Um, so I think it was a, I think it was a problem that they never resolved. And the way Joe handled it was so, just flat out rude and i understand that like i pay y'all more y'all are overpaid but like that's not how relationships work in real life even if people are well paid it's like yeah i shoot you know i'll pay you more money you'll ever you ever imagine you can make now dance monkey isn't exactly nobody's really trying to hear that i don't give a damn if i don't give a damn if the highest paid monkey in the world um so only I, Jay Uso would, would seem to be cool with this, and and that was written, and, and that is a, and that is a dramatization. That is fake. We're talking about real life. Um, so you know, like that's the issue inherent in this. Like you don't want to open quote unquote books, and then for like you know the back and forth of who told who what. Like the the fact that like you know whoever decided that it's gonna come down to auditing, whether it was Joe or whatever else, is like. Bruh, you are really that hard pressed not that you ain't gonna show them shit. It's like, hey man, like this could be. I feel like this is something that like 
it, it's, it starts off there and then it leads into eh, all these other small things that are insignificant, like adding up to the, you know what? It's been, it's been weird for a minute. I was, remember, I, I remember some shit that I had let go that I still remember, but I had let go. And then it just turns to the process and it snowballs from there. And that's clearly where this is. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I don't, I, I don't think there's really much to go into it further, but I think like, I did have a a great uh, I sh- I took great pleasure in DJ Academics roasting Ruri, you know, in Mealy Mall, you know, uh, Academics was quite hilarious playing the Who I Smoke and everything. Just the, the Ruri pack was in the air. Y- y'all, y- you and the rest of the group, like y'all were more into that. Like our friend group, our clo- super close day one friend group is like really more into like Kirby. Y'all are way more into the academic side. I don't. I don't really care. Like, I, you know, like, I, you know, Yo, he's fucking hilarious when it comes to Rory. Like, bro, yeah. I, like anything else is like, bro. Yeah, I, I could just take or leave him. But like, mm-hmm. when it comes to Rory, he, he has like a personal problem with that man. So he's like, I'm gonna make your life hell. I'm just gonna ride on you and roast you. Like, yeah, amazing. Yeah. Oh shit. Um. Yeah. Like Charlotte almost dropped Oscar on her head on like a wheelbarrow flip anyway um or a monkey flip but anyway um yeah i just i just thought it was just interesting to see like this is what happens when you have like fr- like we are friends let's do let's do some business and then we'll because we're friends we'll worry about the business stuff on the back end mm-hmm. nah like for communication's sake and for sanity and peace of mind and the you know not harbor resentments or whatever else in the future everybody listening handle that shit on the front end rich we've 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 seen plenty of that stuff like dealing with that like the friendship <laughs> and then like you were when it comes down to breaking bread or whatever else or terms or whatever else after the fact i've learned i've, I've learned over the years like nah handle that if y'all are friends if there's any business coming up before y'all get into it understand what your terms are and then go there first Set that, set those boundaries in place, and then, you know, obviously, you know, contracts or whatever else they only have, they have an expiration date. Like you'll ma- nav- navigate and manage that relationship later on. But this was just, this is just bad. This, this is like one of those things where it's like, in retrospect, this was inevitable. It, it, it was. Oh yeah, yeah. This was, this was always gonna, gonna happen. Yeah. Now, amazing. The, the thing, uh, the, thing, some the, of the thing that I found interesting was like, everybody. Listen to all of them. They're all agreeing on, on, on a lot of these things. Like, yes, uh, we are overpaid. It wasn't really about the money. And and all the stuff is about, like, just trust. It was about trust, and it, it broke down. So, unfortunately for them, um, they were pretty much number one, like, you know, rap podcasting thing or whatever else. Um, Joe will still be around. He'll still be top. And that's one of the things that me and you were talking about with, uh, with, with, with Budden, like, this may have been like a year ago, two years ago. It was like, it's interesting that like they are a pseudo insider trade podcast because Joe used to be in industry. Um, you know, they get all the advanced stuff or whatever else. They get to talk about it. They have relationships with these people like Pusha T when I got an interview after he, you know, destroyed trade. <laughs> <laughs> um, like, it's interesting that like Joe has a bigger influence on the rap game than he ever did as a rapper. 
And like, I, I think that's really, I, I think, I mean, I remember at the time we were talking about like, yeah, man, like ultimately, you know, Joe was a great rapper. He was someone that wasn't necessarily the most popular in the world, obviously. But at the end, he ended up getting to this platform to where he's bigger than he ever would have been otherwise just rapping. Right. And, and it's almost like, you know, like some of the stuff that was coming, I was like, oh, Joe, the, I was like, oh, y'all trying to make Joe the villain. Oh, that's cool. That's that's something to laugh at. Joe, Joe has no problem being the villain. Right. Like that's that's kind of where he lives. And that's kind of the sentiment of his of the the 15 minute like response to the, the Rory and Maul podcast. He kind of was like, yeah, I'm the villain. I'm fine with that. Like. All the yeah. stuff, uh, like a good amount of the stuff that he like that that there was the argument after that he had brought up that they refuted. He was like, "Yeah, they're right," and he was like, "Yeah, it's gonna be a bad week of." It felt like it's gonna be it's gonna suck for a while, but like, I'm I'm I'll I'll survive it, and he's probably right. Like this ain't gonna be him. Like, <laughs> but it, I mean, but it is the thing is like you know a lot of people you know Joe because he's buried his soul and his music so, for so many people and he's had all these fights to on the betterment of artists and all and blah 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 got down the line there are people that and you, you understand this people have a real attachment to Joe to think that he is like this I don't want to say a murder maybe at different points earlier in his career as far as like being so for like opening this shit up for for everybody that's trying to make money in it that like he is someone that is that is worthy of, or not, I don't want to say worthy, someone that, that can be easy to root for at, at different points. And like, you know, so the bad guy thing, you know, the bad guy part is like the stuff when I talk about like, you, you know, all the allegations with, with him and, and women and like whether or not he, uh, you know, put his hands on a bunch of different women that he's been involved with over the years and the way he's handled relationships and all that kind of stuff. So it is, it is what it is with him. Like he's still going to be popular. Cause obviously there's always a, because he is like you see it like the numbers still pretty much stabilized after those two left um but we'll see where this goes we'll see where this goes um i think it it, it does suck because they they did have the chemistry regardless of it i thought like oh yeah like maul's being trash joe's being trash rory's being trash toxic etc like or he's gonna already go off on some rant on somebody i think is unwarranted but like you know end of era i guess yeah um well uh, shit, you say end of an era so uh, i want to talk about new jack uh real quick so new jack um passed away uh, i believe he was 58 years old he died of a heart attack um so new jack is someone i brought up on this show just last week i believe and james brought up as an example and i was like man you just reminded me i need to go watch my do my annual watch of all the new jack promos and um then I uh, got the news, and I was uh, I was I was watching some show, and I was just like I was kind of blown. I was like, man, and I thought about it. I'm like, man, New Jack probably lived a hell of a life. Like, why am I sitting here sad? Like, New Jack, one of the greatest promos uh, ever in the history, history of wrestling. I believe he could have done a promo about anything, and it would have been been great. But the content of his promos were so like. I, it's something that has to be, go back and be appreciated because I feel like he was so ahead of his time. Um, you know, you weren't looking for uh, technical precision necessarily with, with New Jack uh, when it comes to, to the wrestling and all that, but uh, just the package of New Jack playing the music throughout his matches. So it's like uh, the matches are short and compact, but like the song like makes it 
crazier. He's doing all the crazy dives off everything. His dark side of the ring came out last year, and I think that kind of shined the light on him. Um, I actually got to see New Jack. I want to say about seven or eight years ago at an indie show. So that was all, that was a hell of a experience. Um, yeah. And, and his shoot interviews, like I want to say one of the first columns I ever wrote for what culture back in the day, it was like people that uh, it was like X amount of people that have great shooter shoot interviews. And he was like number one on my shit. And it was just like, whoever you wanted, he was just like ripping them a new, you know, new asshole. And I think, um, He's he's really one of the he's on that Brian Pillman side of, of, of workers, I would say, as far as like approaching the wrestling business and as far as people believing him, because I think people legitimately thought he was crazy. But I think he was working everybody like <laughs> like this guy like was I think he was so far ahead and that he used his blackness to scare everybody and. You know, in a business where he's uh, wrestling in the Southeast and Kentucky and like Tennessee, and it was real easy to be scary. And then, you know, he brings that to ECW. And I think, you know, he kind of, you know, they ease off of what the gangsters was like kind of in Smoky Mountain. But, you know, it, it changed in another way, like where their baby faces and all that. But I think everyone will always remember New Jack, will always remember those promos. And, um, you know, I think that he is uh, someone that will forever be revered, uh, at least by me. And, um, you know, I will enjoy his promos probably on an annual basis forever. So, Okay, so before we transition, I'm just going to give you this quick update on Raw. They did Charlotte versus Asuka. Rhea comes down to ringside. They... Charlotte and Rhea start arguing while Rhea is sitting in a chair by the announce table. She's not doing commentary. Uh, she works over Asuka's leg. Asuka gets... Um, or Asuka and Charlotte fight by Rhea. Rhea almost caught a spinning back fist, but Rhea put the double... Blocked it with the double uh, forearms. Uh, they end up back in the ring. Rhea gets up on the apron. Charlotte comes running towards her big misses the big boot by a mile but big boots let's say in quotation uh Rhea off of the uh apron Asuka goes for the schoolboy. Charlotte rolls through to her feet goes for the figure four Asuka grabs her hair head and gets the and gets the uh the small package victory so like this is like a rock paper scissors thing like Oscar can now beat Charlotte. I, I think hate this feud. Charlotte can now Charlotte can Oscar can now beat Charlotte, but Oscar can't beat Rhea, and we know that Rhea can't beat Charlotte, or at least not yet. So like this is just continuing. I don't I don't know what for. Um, obviously it's lack of other people, but yeah, I, I just wanted to bring that up. That like after that match last night, they're still continuing. Amazing. Like I imagine, like it's got to be just their pl- their place only, so they can get to like SummerSlam and do Charlotte and Rhea. It feels like it. Anyway, um, what's next? Yeah. Um. Uh, so recipes, New Jack. So um, we got um, a couple other things. So um, I kind of want to, you know, I want to talk about the pay per view, of course, but also the basketball hall of fame was this weekend. Okay. So um most loaded Hall of Fame class possibly of all time. 
Uh, we got Kobe Bryant went in, Tim Duncan, Kevin Garnett, Tamika Catchings, Rudy Tomjanovich, a couple other folks too. So, uh, but as far as like you know, stars like there are, there are people saying this is the greatest Hall of Fame class ever. So, it's up there. Um, the one I would think would be like the 09 one with Jordan and David Robinson and John Stockton. Right? Would that be the only other yeah. one? I think that's the only one people are talking about. Yeah. But um, yeah, man. Um, it was I. You know, I watched all three speeches. Uh, Tim Duncan looks like crazy with the um with the new hair that he has, <laughs> but um, he's cut. living a whole. This man living a whole new life. That man got the got the, got the new wife, the, the, the new kids, <laughs> and um, you know, Duncan's like has is not the Tim Duncan you remember. Um, you know. I was a huge Tim Duncan fan. He earned my respect pretty much forever in 2003 when he just mopped the floor with the Lakers. Um, and, you know, for years and years, I was like, this man's the best. This man's the best. And, you know, I was very proud to, to watch how his career played out, uh, sticking with one team. And, you know, they talk about a lot about the Spurs system. Well, the Spurs system was number 21, like, <laughs> For, for all them fucking years like and um you know he went in the hall of fame obviously you know that it seems like you know oh yeah of course he's going to hall of fame but it's just good to see him and um you know duncan does he's not really the most public person so he did some media he did a good interview with rachel nichols uh, um that i recommend everybody check out and just showing more of his personality and you kind of see why he's so beloved and all that um the kevin garnett one uh he didn't I thought this was going to be like a Ray Lewis type. I thought he was going to, you know, go out, but KG was pretty reserved uh, in in his speech. Of course, he did not mention Ray Allen once, which was hilarious. Um, yeah, <laughs> he did mention Paul Pierce, though. Um, you know, well, I, okay, I, I so, wanted more. I okay, wanted go more ahead, from go KG. Ahead, go, but, ahead, go, go ahead, your point. Go, sorry. Yeah, sorry. yeah. I was gonna say. I was gonna say. I wanted more from KG, but um, you know, it is what it is. Like it, it was good to see KG too. KG also. Um, he in his later years he went through a bad divorce kind of like duncan um and he was there with his daughters um and you know had to, uh, about kg would you want to say yeah so the thing with the the ray allen thing and the paul pierce thing is like he didn't have a relationship with, with ray outside of when they were doing the you know the in or out thing on the hop or uh, on the double dutch where it's like you going to Boston you going to Boston like before that like they've never really had much of a, of a line of communication aside from like meeting at you know all star stuff like that and maybe even like the 2000 <laughs> Olympics but yeah like but Ray Allen not Ray Allen but Paul Pierce and KG were like they knew each other since fucking high school like you ever hear the story mm. about about them in Vegas. No. Paul Pierce and KG in like 1994, three, can't remember. They were in Vegas for some either Nike camp or Adidas camp, can't remember. And they didn't have, and they were in a taxi. They didn't have money for this taxi. And Paul Pierce says to KG, hey, bruh, let's, let's just jump, let's just jump out on the fair. Rate or long story short, um, Paul Pierce got away. Kevin Garnett did not. <laughs> yeah, like that's the that's seven the story. foot black man. You know, right? right <laughs> you know, right. kind of easy to identify. Right. You are not safe. You are not safe until you get back to either South Carolina or Chicago. So, like, 
yeah so that that was that was that was a story like like he's had a relationship with him dating back for for decades but so i understand why they were always you know in the whole rondo ray allen ray allen um celtics after ray allen left for uh for miami i understand why it went it makes more sense now that i know more about it why it went the way it went and also like um you know it it it's really weird. It's it's really it's really weird how they ended up working out with that team because like obviously they only won one title. Um, they're a memorable all they're a memorable team because it's three first Valor Hall of Famers get together in their thirties and they end up you know winning a title. Um, but yeah, but yeah, like as far as KG, KG was always my guy. Like I respected Duncan. I just th- always thought that like you look at both of their games, you look at both of their situations. Like I I remember reading um. Chuck, I think Chuck Klosterman said it best when he was talking about Will Chamberlain and Bill Russell. As far as like, this is closer. This is closer. But um, I remember him saying like, "Yeah, Russell, you have to. Russell probably have to say it's better." But like, there is there is a universe where if we run this back a bunch of times, K, or Will Chamberlain could be Bill Russell. Bill Russell absolutely can never have been uh, Will Chamberlain. And, like, I think of, you look at the skill set and the time frame they were in, and you look at, like, both of them are obviously ahead of their time, but, like, you look at where the game has gone and what KG's game ultimately would have been, and you look at someone like Anthony Davis, you're like, dude, it's, it's making 17 all-star games, being a fucking league MVP and all that kind of stuff, and having one of the great PR years ever and all that stuff, that, and being, you know, the best defensive player of his era that KG was, he was still a victim of being like before his time. <laughs> so I, 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 and also the, like the terrible management of them where they're, they're, you know, they have to give up uh first round draft picks. Cause they were out here, you know, paying people under the table with Joe Smith and all that stuff is like, boy, he deserves a statue for, uh, <laughs> in, in, in Minnesota. And also they screwed up his prime and he was way too loyal and should have got the fuck out of there way before. And, you know, it, 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 it was so weird. Like I, I, you know, I think that the talk of KG in the playoffs and whatever else, I think that was a great little overstate, especially when you just look back at like what he was doing in these first rounds that he would get knocked out of as a eight seed playing on these shitty teams. It's like, Hey man, like I understand Duncan's dope, but like, are we, are we really pretending that like, and also a lot of them Spurs teams are overrated too. Um, but like, it wasn't like he was dealing with some of the stuff that like, that KG was, and, like, it's just the luck of the draw with all this stuff, um, you know, like, KG probably wasn't supposed to be as good as he ended up turning out to be, and that's high praise, considering he's one of the, what, 20 greatest NBA talents ever, but it is what it is, uh, but I'm happy for him, I was super happy, um, when he won the title in 08, um, and, you know, the rest of his career after, like, 2003, let's say 13, which is more or less like he just around, he's being a vet for other bigs. Like we always talk about like how everybody in that era that like came up, like everybody ended up idolizing KG weirdly over Duncan, even though it's like their games aren't that dissimilar. Right. Like, like there's more sizzle in, there's more sizzle to KG's game. Right. Like he obviously is someone that could have brought the ball and been a point forward at points, but 
like their games aren't entirely different. Like they're great defenders. They protected the rim. They play great help defense. They're excellent communicators. They both had uh, they both had incredible range for that era for bigs up out 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 to twenty feet. Um, they both had post games. Duncan's was more pronounced because he had more of a size advantage. Like incredible heart, incredible teammates. Right. Um, incredible physical presences. I would say even. Right. KG for his his slight quote unquote slight stature, um, yeah. And then um, of course uh, Kobe uh, Vanessa Bryant was up there with Michael Jordan and just absolutely just hit a home run out the park with her speech. Um, and you know she spoke at the funeral before, and it's almost like the basketball funeral now. Um, and it's like. You know, I was I was watching it. Got got real upset at the end and w- was crying and all that. And she handled it about as good as one can handle it. And um, it was almost like I know we had his funeral last year, but it was almost like the true farewell kind of for Kobe. And right, um, I and I can't watch any of that stuff. I, I just can't. I can't. At, like I wasn't. I wasn't gonna watch it. And then I was like, I watched the Duncan one. I watched the KG one. And Duncan was talking about Pop at the end. It was getting all emotional. I was like, oh man. And then I was like, well, I might as well go ahead and um and watch Vanessa. And then yeah. I watched it, and it was just like, you know, I was wrecked after yeah. watching. It. I, I I couldn't watch it because the same reason I didn't watch his funeral. I was like, I just not. <laughs> I, I I I'm just not um. I have a weird guilt with Kobe because and we talked about this off air before, like, um, you know, like he was my guy is like, he's going to be, he like, he's going to be the face of the league eventually at some point. And he obviously got there. Um, but the thing that like really hurt me when I was young was like the, the Colorado shit. Right. Like I, like this person that I thought was, you know, this person I like idolized and was like, this is going to be the next fucking Jordan and all that stuff. And it's like, holy shit. Like he's, he's, he might be a rapist. And like, I didn't know how to handle that for a long, long time. I still have, I still struggle with it. Um, not to say, not that I, I I'm never going to be at peace with it. Cause I obviously don't know what the fuck happened in, in Colorado, but I, I just, for years that distanced myself like emotionally from attaching myself to Kobe after like he was a big fucking deal in my life for uh you know from like 2001 on or like actually earlier than that like 90 probably 98 really um and like my emotions for like the the high feel of of losing him in that age and everything like it makes me feel guilty and then it makes me more feel, feel even more guilty because like what am i feeling guilty for this person may have done something fucking horrible and like so mm-hmm. it's so it's like it's it's like watching um i don't know if oh when you watch the dark side of the ring with benoit it's like yeah i feel terrible while they're telling this story of eddie and, of him losing eddie and how they made it from japan all the way to the, the number one wrestling in the world and had this incredible story at wrestlemania 22 he murders his 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 young child and his um and his wife, and it's like I feel guilty that I feel bad for him losing Eddie, and I also feel guilty that it's like he's also even more so like 
obviously killed these two people and is like I'm it's, it's turned into a circle of fucking grief and like with Kobe is like I feel good that this person may have been some somebody terrible and I still like when he achieved and all this other stuff because of how hard he worked and how exciting of a player he was and how much of an all-time great player he was and how I know that like I'm never going to see um I'm never going to see in my lifetime 10 player uh, 10 basketball talents like that. I'm just not. I, I know that because I have read through the history of basketball. I'm never going to see <laughs> 10 of those. I'm just not. You know, like, in in like, that's why, so that's why it's like, I just can't watch the Kobe stuff. I just couldn't. And that's why, like, I broke down when we were talking about Kobe um, when we came back um, or after or during that Royal Rumble show when we had to talk about Kobe. Just like, all of that just hit me, and I was like avoiding it for that, that whole week when it, you know, after it happened, because I just didn't want to deal with it. Or the actually was like a two days later, wasn't even a week, and I just knew yeah. like I don't want to, I don't want to watch any tributes or whatever else is gonna make me just feel just fucking horrible, and it's gonna, I'm just gonna spit or cycle out. So like, a, you know, over a year removed from it, like I still, I'm still fucking bad. Like I want to cry right now. <laughs> but, yeah, like I'm trying was, to, um... I'm, you know, I'm trying to keep myself together, but. um like watching that speech literally put me back into where when I got the news um, and I don't want to get all morbid and all that, but I, I'll, just, I'll just speak about his, you know, his basketball career. And um, he was always my favorite player from, you know, the slam dunk contest on. And I was like, you know, this is the dude like this is the young guy like this is the, this is the dude that I'm like attaching everything to. And I saw how hard he worked. I watched him just battle and own the Western Conference, whatever defender you want. Uh, the, the Kobe stopper, Ruben Patterson, D- Doug Christie, where you at? Um, you know, uh, Shandon Anderson, you know, uh, Derek Anderson, Bruce Bowen, you know, come come get all this. Um, Artest. Yeah, Ron Artest, uh, Shane Battier, you know, J.R. Smith, you know, all, all, all these folks, you know, it like and it was just like like he he's you know he's my jordan and it was like i i was so happy to see him win the two you know titles in 2009 and 2010 and 2010 is my favorite laker title um and it was just like you know i mentioned it last year like i i'll probably never love the game like i did you know when when kobe was playing and you know I think he, he uh, you know, he helped save USA basketball, um, you know, basically setting the standard of excellence. Like, we're going to get out here and defend. And, you know, and guys since have picked it up and, you know, and had to look back since. And I think that, uh, you know, I, I'll, I'll never, you know, love, love basketball again, like, you know, without Kobe. So, um, yeah. Uh, or in the same way, and I, I you know, he's he'll forever be missed, and, and and it sucks that we didn't get to see him sitting up there like Isaiah Thomas was sitting next to KG, like David Robinson was sitting next to Tim Duncan, like Jordan was up there, like, and it's just like he's forever gonna gonna kind of stay young in a in a sense, like he's just kind of frozen in time, and I I won't ever forget that time. Yeah, and it's just weird. It's just like so. It's so fucked up that it's like, you know, a th- the Hall of Fame is effectively a living funeral. Like, you are basically eulogizing somebody that's here with us and what they gave to 
um, the sport that they that they were in, and like once you know once they retire, once them five years uh, that that waiting period goes by, or however long it takes to get in, they go up there, they give their speech for you know their careers and what led them to the point. They thank all the people they they feel like need to thank and. And talk about what they feel like they need to talk about, and they move on, and you think about like, wow, this is like them, you, you know, like basically like eulogizing their own like, for what first third of their of the lives, and like then from there, like if there is, um, you know, then after that, like you know, us as fans using it as a celebration, right? And then like there's the time what should be 40 years plus from then where then you say, wow, that person's gone. Look at their impact as these eras of, of, of the sport have changed or whatever. You talk about like why this person was so, was so revolutionary ahead of the time or what traditions they upheld or, you know, what, what, you know, for franchises, for, you know, positions for what they did for the future. And we'll, and always, like, and we'll have those co- interviews too, right? And well, the thing when, is, them old man don't give a fuck interviews, right? And the thing is that, that I think sucks the most for Kobe is like we got all that in eighteen months. Yeah. We got it in eighteen months. Like you think of the life that Bill Russell and and and, and Kobe or not Kobe and Kareem have lived as act as humanitarians as as activists as um, coaches as yes as coaches in like. People that have, you know, uplifted, help uplift and enrich communities. And, like, we didn't get to do that with Kobe. We got, like, a couple years or, like, really, like, one year or two years of couple with, you know, stuff he was helping to do with trying to, you know, um, with women's basketball. Like, that that, hurt, that hurts for women's basketball. But obviously, yeah. you know, we're, we, we are more dominant at women's, ba- at women's basketball than we are in men's basketball. But still, it's like. You think of what that could have meant if Kobe had been there for all this. And like it just it just sucks that it's like, wow, like we we basically just had and I that's the reason why I couldn't watch it. Like, wow, so like we basically had two funerals for Kobe Bryant in like one year. I can't I can't I'm not watching none of this. I can't do it. I just can't. Um so so yeah, that that's kind of that was my piece. Like, um, Rudy Tomjanovich, a, a great coach for his era. Um, it didn't work when he was the Lakers coach. Um, after after Phil left, but you you yeah, can't deny you can't deny the Rockets <laughs> run with Hakeem. You just can't. Yeah, can't can't hold it against Rudy T. Uh, I think he was having some heart uh, health issues um, around that time when he was coaching and. Uh, you know, he had he had a strategy. It was like give Kobe the ball. I can't you know be mad at that. So. Um, but yeah, a routine yeah. Hall of Fame coach. Uh, also, he got his face broke uh, back in his younger days. But you want you really um, want to talk about Kermit Washington? <laughs> I do not. Okay. Um, but um, like that was yeah. like you know like they like obviously like the response wouldn't have been as outsized uh, now if it happened now compared to then. But like they wanted to get all this shit out out off of TV after that happened. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was, you know, that's one of the things where you hear, hear about it and hear contextualize and it's like, it's so hard to understand. It's so hard to understand like that, that Colonel Washington, Rudy Tom Johnvich thing. It's like, so he, 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 like a black guy punches out this dude that ran up in the middle of a fight and, and broke his face. And like now, like people are, white people don't know how to handle it. They just don't. Um, man, like you remember that, um, 
uh, what was his name, Legarrette Blunt, when he punched Buddy at the oh, end of the Bro- game. Oh, Boise State. Or, or, or yeah. yeah. I watched like, that imagine live. That times, imagine that times like 10, I'd imagine. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, it, it was way, it, yeah. I mean, it was way bigger back then because it's like, like, you know, football players, football players have that, that leeway of like, well, it's, it's a prone towards violence. Like back then, like basketball yeah. and baseball, like you think about how they talked about people's strategy for 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 uh for working out and all that kind of stuff. Like people were like, y'all lifting weights? Why? That doesn't hurt your flexibility. And it's like, all right. Bo Jackson comes around. He's like, oh, never mind. That's 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 fucking stupid. <laughs> Don't, baseball players shouldn't lift weights. That's kind of fucking dumb. <laughs> um, and then you obviously you know from there you get all the other stuff with you know. Uh, PEDs or whatever else, but yeah, it's just. Um, but Rudy, yeah, he um, a bit revolutionary. Like that ninety was it ninety five team ninety five or ninety four team is a team that shot all threes or all the threes in quotation marks for the era. I can't remember which team it was. Yeah, was it 90, I think was it, it might have been. I think might have been ninety four. Ninety four. Yeah, like, like that's a revolutionary team. That's uh, one of the first teams. I that think really so because it was like a weapon like that. Throw, throw, throw that shit in Hakeem and he'll throw it out if he ain't, you know, see, if he doesn't see any barbecue chicken uh, to eat, he'll go ahead and, um, you know, throw throw that bitch out. But, right. Um, Tamika yeah, Ketchins, so, all-time great women's basketball player of our era. Multiple-time Olympians. Yes. Champion. Gun show. Yeah. Always she the gun yeah. show. Yeah. Um, so, uh, obviously, we had the pay-per-view last night. Before we get to the pay-per-view, we got to get to, like, these AEW matches in this uh, in this Cody promo, of course, okay. and then I think we can get to the pay per view. But um, sure, very up and down episode of of AEW. I would say there were things on the show I felt like I wanted to black out on at the moment. Some of them I can't really remember, um, but a lot of it had to do with stuff outside the ring. Like I hated the 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 bubbly spray shit. I hated obviously the promo. We're going to get to that in a moment, but the title matches on the show. I love them all. Like, <laughs> yeah. like, like John Moxley and Yuji Nagata fucking ruled. Yeah. Uh, Mox came out with Wild Thing. Yuji Nagata showed up. They did the split screen and presented it like dead serious. Renderita came out there with them. Um, they just had like this. It made me like say, "This is fucking pro wrestling." Like, and you know that was amazing. Um. So SCU and the Bucks, um, I've been following it, uh, you know, on all the other shows, and then to see it uh, kind of manifest itself here, I think Daniel's putting an excellent performance. Like, uh, kind of, you know, the end of the SCU tag team, the Bucks were like, you know, I, I think there's been this thing where the Bucks have have like struggled with these personal style matches. Maybe the problem was they were faces in those. Like maybe they needed to be the heels in the in, in these situations because this was fucking excellent. Like these dudes were rubbing blood on themselves, spoofing the Shawn Michaels shit. And they said they were gonna spoof the Shawn Michaels shit. Um he said, you know, I'm gonna tell you I'm sorry, I love you, and he kicked you in the face and then he did it. Like um even the um at the very end where he slipped off the ropes, I he it seemed like that it seemed like he meant to do that on purpose. Like I don't know what happened, but he jumped right back up there. I, I can't. And I can't. It was like perfect. Else. I can't tell with the Christopher Daniel stuff. Like I just don't. Like sometimes he'll be like, I don't know if that's intentional or, or whatever else. Like, but it, ultimately, it it's a real sp- look. And a if in 
in real competition, people make mistakes. That's why we talk about the those um those fortuitous you know botches that make it seem like the shit's you know it amped it up the level of danger and desperation. So yeah. like you know he couldn't get up there, and then he got up there and he hit the move, and it was like boom boom so it's like it didn't take for me it didn't take away from anything it whether it was an actual botch or not i didn't i didn't even spend any real time contemplating whether that was a real botch or not um i i thought like oh it didn't work he got back up there and did it because like it was in the flow of what would have made sense so i thought it was like the blood loss i I thought it was like the blood loss quote unquote Mm. and and all that and he fucking bled bled a gusher in that fucker um so seu's done as a tag team he did cut an awesome promo on BT. I'd recommend check out as the opener. It's like four minutes, and then he breaks down like legit crying. Like he, it's like he finishes the promo, and then he walks off and just sits down, and then he's like, "Boohoo!" Crying. He's like, "I don't want to go yet." Like mm-hmm. basically contemplating retirement or whatever. And I could be done. Like if it's me, I'm booking Frankie Kazarian versus Christopher Daniels, uh, double or nothing. Daniels, you lose. You're done, like, and I'm letting them to you know go do it. That or soon or what? Why but, can't? Does it have to be that if you lose, you're done, or can it just be like, look, I'm coming out here. Um, this is my last. I'm letting y'all know that this is my last match, and I wouldn't rather have it be anybody other than Frankie. And then you just do it like, yeah, that. you could do that. I, I much rather that. see that than like another back to back. If you lose, you're done. Like I, mm-hmm. I want him to come out. It'd be cool. I think it'd be rather cool if he came out and said, look, man. Um, I'm slipping. You know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm long, I'm long, I'm long in the tooth. Or he didn't even have to necessarily say that, but like, look, you know, the tag team is what kept me going. The tag team is done. So, um, I guess I'll take my flowers now and I'll do it in my in my go away match and we'll do it like like it's Japan where we just you just go out there and you book a, re- a retirement match and there's no quote unquote stip or entry to it. It's like celebrating this person's career and they go out. Or uh, you know, Christopher Daniels can do like, um, like twenty one minute matches against like Stardom, <laughs> like Stardom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like you know, just treat like it should keep his first ring. Like yeah, come out here know, and wrestle the whole roster. Just bring this out, you know, <laughs> you know, and bring everybody from Dante Martin to Top Flight to Kenny to Cody and all y'all come running with Daniels for for what? one minute. What I will say for those that have no idea what the fuck I'm talking about, in starting with someone um, that they that they believe to be like a special part of their history um, is leaving or is retiring, unless it's surprising like B. B would have got one of these, obviously, but she didn't because she she just left on you know after having that match. But people like uh, people like Kagetsu, um, like Kyrie, like uh, Io. They basically have these one minute mat, like a one minute gauntlet match, right? With with, with any Hazuki also as well. It have any you know? Isn't it may be their last match? It may be the last match they do before they have their or their second to last match or penultimate match. But basically, you have the gauntlet. Someone comes out. Y'all have exchange. A lot of it's comedy. A lot of it is like awesome one minute wrestling. And you know, a lot of times, you know, you'll give somebody that you you know. Uh, feel like you have a future for or whatever else or someone that you respect you give them a fall or whatever else is like a young person or whatever um one of my favorite eo shirai moments is when it was hers versus kagesu kagesu comes out you know kagesu is funny because like she has a choke slam but it's like you're five foot two whatever she'll go for she goes for the choke slam <laughs> and eo got her up 
and then once she got her up, Eo turned a fucking chokeslam into a hurricane run. I was like, yo, she's so fucking good. But um, there's also these great moments where, like, you talk, you talk to the, you know, the younger wrestlers and all that kind of stuff. Um, and, like, it, it, they're, they're, they're just fun and so heartfelt and all that kind of stuff uh, when they do them. So, like, I like the Kyrie one's one of the, like, saddest things I've ever seen in wrestling. It really is. Like, that, that post-match. It really is. <laughs> it just, like, they're all devastated. Like, this, like the, this, well, this wasn't the first one, but it's, like, the first one where it's, like, eh, like, this, quote-unquote, beloved figure. Like, you know, other ones have been, like, yeah, she, you know, she wasn't, like, the top star or, like, the, the heartbeat of the company. Like, that first one, like, all the people are good. It started like kids, and t- everyone's in tears except for, like, Jungle and um Mayu that's it everybody or EO2 but like it, actually I take that back because Mayu started crying after she after after she she got on the mic but like it, but whatever we can move on we can move on but like that would be interesting if they did something like that it would be it would be a cool new concept of like yeah go ahead and you know do your little thing with everybody else say you wrestled everybody on the roster that would be kind of cool that would be yeah. a, that would be like a two-week show <laughs> like you gotta put that shit on youtube my friend that's way too long you do that shit on elevation or some shit um <laughs> can you imagine having daniels go go to get it so that man goes 60 minutes. minutes 120 minutes go take your ass out there <laughs> like we gonna work you this is your last match um <laughs> They did cut away really fast uh, to do the mocks and kinks and trash in the locker rooms. I thought mocks and kinks and trash in the locker rooms was incredibly lame. Yeah, uh, I think um, I, I think it stunk because like it one you didn't get the mo- like the thing that you wanted with Daniels after the, they broke up like or with SU after they broke up that got kind of like eh, to the back quickly and then also the way like, the spreadsheets. Yeah, and also like it's for oh, so how did it? How are they going to become the monk Terrence? Oh, they trash your locker room. Like this, is basically like saying like, how did this person, this unworthy contender, become a contender? Oh, they beat up the champ one time. So and so, the so what they're doing with Mox and Kingston? They've been booking them on both days of dark and elevation for like the past like three weeks. So they're like running up like their wins. But, so like by the time they get there, but but you know what I'm going to say to that? Yeah. You know what I'm gonna say to that? Like, they, they great. They beat a bunch of unranked teams. Cool. And that's what that's what dark and elevation is like. When you say someone's racked up a bunch of wins, like that's the problem with Eddie Kingston. He, he rarely if ever fucking wins on on TV on Dynamite. Like maybe get him some wins on TV, and I'm sure they'll re- try to rectify that um, by giving them a you know a big win against a, 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 a upper like a Lucha Express Lucha Express. Uh, um, Jurassic Express, something like that, but it's like that's one of the issues when they when they do dark elevation is like in dynamite is like or the build contenders at times is like I see the record, I understand that these matches actually happen, I didn't see them. <laughs> like if they never happen, you just told me they happen. They may as well be it may as well be the same thing. And also it's like they don't they didn't really. It may have, mostly more, more, most times they only have one big win so I can be like okay with that you beat somebody big so fine like I think they need to get a big win for them so they can you know they beat uh, Gallows and Anderson and then they beat Nakazawa and Kenny on Dynamite I I don't know if they've had oh, a Mega third even match in that match Mega even yeah, in that match and yeah. also it's like Gallows and Anderson like they don't go here <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's cool that they beat the the Impact, the former Impact champions, but are they even, have they ever been in the ranking system in AEW? No. I don't know. No. Even, even if they were, they don't go I think here. They, I think they were the first people to beat them, though. <laughs> okay. Because they hadn't dropped any falls. But um, the main event on this, Darby Allen and Miro, phenomenal. Um, <laughs> before the match, Miro beats the ever-loving shit out of Darby Allen. Like, it's almost to an uncomfortable degree. Like, yo, he's really kicking the shit out of him like this. Like, they say this is a work. But, like, nah, man. It, like, <laughs> Darby must have told him, hey, lay it in, brother. Like, <laughs> something. But uh, Darby Allen had me cheering him on like I was a small child, like, towards the end of the match when it looked like he was about to pull a rabbit out the hat and, the and beat this dude. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, Wow, this this guy Darby Allen is an elite storyteller, a certified main eventer, and I almost pulled out the column like it's a race going on. You know, it's a race between Darby and Heyman, and who's gonna get there first? Because we may had to we may had to reconsider. He's well ahead right now, and you know. There's there's an obvious story there with Hangman eventually chasing down Kenny Wright, but if you're looking at what this guy has done with this title reign, he's the best TNT champion they've ever had. Um, that string of matches with all different opponents, all different kinds of finishes that he strung together in sequence trying to put Miro away, which none of them worked, uh, basically feeding all of those guys to Miro in, in a sense. And... Um, Miro still undefeated. Um, looks like they knew what they were doing with him the whole time, and he's <laughs> a fucking killer now. So uh, it looks like he may be going into some with Lance Archer, but Darby Allen and him, I think, tore the fucking house down, like and and saved the show kind of after like you know saved, the SCU like, thing. The it was like saved the second hour of the show, I'd say. Yeah, for sure, yeah. the second hour, and it was like it was it, like I was going to come on this show and be absolutely like a menace like mm-hmm. but may- maybe i still will with the cody thing but um yeah um yeah i didn't i didn't i thought it was a great match it, i i agree with a lot of stuff you said about about their match i i really enjoyed that like this is like the real launching pad this was in a lot of ways mirrors the um it was better because it was longer and it was um more intense and more physical but like it mirrors a lot of brody squashing um of, of squashing Cody for the TNT title as far as except it was an actual match and then you know with with Sting there with a fist bump with the he thought he was going to escape out the back door could escape out the back door um that run was just great um yeah I I um I'm, I really think it was important to like this and also also doing that it launches Brody slat and Dust, Dustin in in Miro like to the moon is like anything you've seen before then you can more or less disregard it. We can move forward with this. This has more or less been Repticon that he is now a animal savage monster new 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 person that is they also kind of did this with Nala Rose. We're like the mismanagement or mishandling, misbooking, or not not um pr- presentation problems, whatever else. Put that to the side. They are now the champion and they whoop someone's ass completely to become champion. It's over. And most of and the interesting thing is like with Clean. Nyla, with yeah, <laughs> with Nyla, with uh, Brody, and with Miro, they all had great performances slash matches to more or less say like this is a whole new thing, and 
you know, if you want to still remember the old stuff, fine. But like from this point forward, you only really have to go back to here as, as this, as this point, And this is where we are now. So, and I, so this is more of a credit to AEW's ability to like, if things aren't working, that doesn't mean it won't be working forever. Like they are good bookers. That's how this works. Like if something doesn't work, you can work on it. And we talked about this a bunch of times, especially when Brody, uh, Brody's past we dark order, the dark order, how they rejigger this thing to make this fucking work finally. And it all came into all the pieces came to play. Once Brody showed up and you look at where they are now compared to when they showed up, uh, and we were like, who the fuck are these guys? And oh my mm-hmm. God, it's a, it's a, it's an incel, uh, cult. <laughs> like, <laughs> I think those jokes are still there as far as being incel cult. Like, they're incel cult that have two hot women with them. Cool. Two attractive women? Cool. But, like, they're just comedy geeks now. Or, but, you know, Silver, you see the potential of personality on that stuff. Uh, you know, uh, they're the uh, Dark Order as a tag team, the, the number one tag team on there, still great. But Miro, new new lease on life. Happy for him. We, Miro, Miro slash Rizzo is someone we've always relatively liked. Uh, after we initially hated him, like he's somebody yeah. that, he's one of the people like you say that like people are stubborn and or, or we if you listen to us and think we may be stubborn or whatever else, we will change our mind based off new information given to us. And like Miro was one of those dudes. Like when that run was happening, where it was like I don't think it's gonna work. Um, in 2014, and then like you start having a match with Mark Henry and with. Uh, Big E and having them hoss battles like that changed on us and then like he got to Wrestlemania and he had the tank we were like you know that match wasn't the greatest in the world but it was still a good match entertaining and then they had that um that last man standing match we were like let's see what happens and we always thought Rusev was had something and like there's another chance there's another new lease on life so I'm interested to see what he does with it I think it's gonna be fun especially with this Archer thing now I really do Yep. Um, and <laughs> the TNT title go in a, another direction. Like, um, I, and, you know, they're going to be hitting the road, and I believe they're going to be in Dallas, and that's like a mm. Lance Archer hotbed. So, of course, I could easily see a TNT title match in Dallas where Lance Archer takes that bitch. So, we'll see. But, um, um yo, I didn't get to talk. You had your piece about Eugene Nagata and, and Moxley. I didn't get the same. Oh, I yeah. thought this was, this was, one of the most fun things I I one of my most fun times in wrestling this year was like the way they shot it before they went to the show open um mm-hmm. video package like this is some live thing that was like it felt like a, you know they presented it, it was like a boxing match that was coming out and yep. they come out wild thing hits and I was like is that oh Bro, I lost my fucking mind when, when I thought that, that I thought on. it was great I thought it was great I'm like when I, I said like, dude, when live crowds fully come back, like this shit's finna ring off. Like they're finna sing wild thing. It makes perfect sense because he's a fucking wild child. Like that, Mossy. Ever since we know Mossy from the Shield or, or Ambrose from the Shield to to now, he's always been this loose cannon. And people have talked about it, what, the Austin stuff and the Pillman stuff. And, and with him, it's, it's like that, this makes perfect sense. He's a wild and child. I, I think he's going to get an additional Go like he's he'll get he'll get some more gas in the tank for his babyface run. Like you know, after you lose the title, it's always weird on um, yep. what they do with you next, right? Yep. Um, obviously, they're shunting him into the tag team thing. Whether they win the belts or not, I think the the the, the song will keep him like like going like that intro will keep him up high, yeah. you know, and they protect him like hell anyway. So yeah. it. It can only like help them even more. Yeah, and I and the thing that I really enjoy, and this is 
watching that match is like I ended up giving three and three quarters because it went, it went short. It was probably like well, how long was it? Ten minutes? Something like that? Maybe less. Yeah, like it was just a blast, but it was short. Like if it went yeah. like three minutes longer, four minutes longer, I would have given it four flat. But it's just like it was just fun, simple wrestling, going back and forth, grabbing holes, hitting each other hard. You know, kick. You know, stuff that's not necessarily near suplexing stuff. That's like just simple, basic wrestling, right? In like, it, it's it's fun to watch Moxie when he's motivated. Um, it, it just is. Like I, I, you know, I was happy for it. I, I hope you know, I hope they bring more uh, New Japaners over to wrestle him in um in anywhere AEW New Japan uh, New Japan Strong. Like this, this is really interesting. Is like. If you were to ask me, who are the two best? Who are the two best wrestlers right now? Like they're doing it two, two different ways, but I would still say, like, if I was voting for Flair Thez right now, my one and two would be Moxley and Amber, or, my, or be Moxley and Omega. Not in that order. I would say Omega number one, but I would say like those would still be my, my the two people I vote for one and two. Yeah, um, like, it's. Well, I think you know the rest of the year could be real interesting with them, right? Um, right. Because of like you know, if, if Kenny like still goes the champion, I think he'll get that advantage. But I think the music and different things Mosley can do just that are cool. Like if he's yes. showing up at GCW, right. is going to help him a lot, right? And, and that's, if if he goes to New Japan or something like it, that, so that's exactly what I mean. Is like. <laughs> And Kenny being an impact too, so he's right. going to get the, all and, that shit in AAA. And like the thing for me is why, why I mentioned those two is because like it's not just what they've done in AEW. It's they're the only two. I mean, obviously Jericho would be doing it if there was no pandemic because he would be going. He would have been doing Dominion and, and um, Russell Kingdom or whatever. But like the fact that like these people are top names in America and then they pretty much get their pick of what they want to do. They just get to do random cool shit. Just mm-hmm. to do random cool fun shit that you never think that you know seems like it does not re- it's not necessarily revolutionary it's like these those three and then other people that will have the ability to do that this is something that Daniel Bryan can do if he wants it like they have the ability because of what they've done in the E or in New Japan to now leave do their own thing in this new promotion AEW and still be able to go to a different country or with the, with the <laughs> blessing of uh, Tony Khan can go to Impact and do do you know become Impact champion and do the belt collector thing, and they get to go out here and they basically just have another advantage as far as being able to have good matches and do good programs, do other stuff besides just AEW and weekly television. They're going to keep them hot regardless of whatever happens. Like yep. it's so smart. And like I, well, it's like it, a cheat code to winning awards almost. I don't even know, but I don't even really necessarily. I'm, I'm on mission Flair Thez, but I didn't. I wasn't, yeah. I, yeah, I was only saying as I, I know far as saying, saying like just it's the cool thing. I'm not necessarily care I, like that's a secondary point I was making, but like as far as just being able to do cool shit, like oh, I don't do blood sport. Okay, go do that. Go 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 freaking gig yourself against against uh um Barnett. Cool, fine, go for it. Like even even last year before the pandemic ended, like and before we found out about David Starr, he was gonna go he was gonna go wrestle OTT in Dublin in that Dublin show against against Star. That would have been fun before we found out he was a scumbag. Like no. All the all this stuff was he's just I don't want to say he's rigging the game, but it's like he gets to feel like a star and gets to carry that around wherever he goes. And like there's another and example. Think, it's like there's some cool shit that wouldn't have happened if this wasn't not a a a you know a Jericho slash Moxley slash Omega. Just one. I think Kenny was for sure headed to DDT in 2020 
but obviously that didn't happen. Yeah, because <laughs> he also did the DDT um, thing um, in that, that mix uh, that mix tag with Riho. Yep. So yeah, man. Um, but we've we put it off long enough. Uh, Cody Rhodes uh, came to the ring, and he cut a promo that is very divisive. Uh, he cut a promo that is, I feel like, extremely tone deaf. Uh, ignores a lot. I, I feel like in order for him to believe that promo, and I feel like he wholeheartedly believes in it, he probably has the best intentions for it, right? But I feel like there The fact that he believes these, it is the problem. Yeah, it's like, why do you... It's like either you're willfully ignoring all the stuff that like undoes what you were saying, or you're like just ignorant of it. One of the two. Okay. Let's start from the top. <laughs> Do you have the audio? I don't, I'm not going to play the audio. I, I'm oh, not okay. going to go through it. He starts it off by saying, I know it's not really cool to, to be patriotic. I'm like, um, I'm sorry. Have you ever been to a professional sporting event? What the hell are you talking about? Oh, you can't go to Tallahassee or Tuscaloosa or uh, Clemson or Athens and, and find some patriotism? Oh, No. No, can't go. Can't go to Cowboy <laughs> Stadium and find that. No, oh, absolutely not. I guess he was trying to go for a melting pot line about like how we're all, you know, you know, we are all kind of the same and talked about how like Santana and, and Leonard Skinner and Snoop Dogg are all on the same jukebox. I'm thinking like, nah, yeah. Snoop Dogg was not on the same jukebox as them. What are you talking about? Maybe now, maybe I, now I when was, jukebox I think he was talking about his jukebox. Thing, yeah, I, I think I think he was using saying his jukebox, but regardless my, my whole thing is like my, my point is like we're we've been in, a, in the music industry we're just talking about the joe Budden podcast what is like do you think they're talking about taylor swift our music is just as segregated as we are which i will get to later in a second but yeah. it's like what are you talking about then he talked about like oh gogo is allowed to say the things he can say because of our more or less because of our freedom of speech and i'm like myself like bro like do you think that makes America unique freedom of speech? Like most of almost all of Europe has freedom of speech, including England. <laughs> Where Google's from? What are you talking about? <laughs> like the entire EU has fucking freedom of speech. Like what? Um, you know, um, you talked about like, or that Ogogo was talking about our divisiveness. Um, and we don't agree on everything and the anger that's out there and said, well, our empathy is bigger than our anger. And I'm like, excuse me, our empathy is bigger than our anger. Anger I'm, is like, I'm push sorry. this country, anger and fear has like pushed this country politically for like ever. Like, yeah. I was going to, I was going to be nice and say like before 50 years, but you know, and I'm long like, before that. Yeah, Jesus. like our anger and empathy. Oh, okay. Like the empathy that is now like why why people don't have to wait lines to vote even longer than before. <laughs> and can't mail in voting because we have to pretend that like we, that people are sending in widespreadly sending in like uh false ballots, right? Yeah. Like, January sixth, no. not happening didn't happen. Right, you know. right, right. And it's like, I mean it was, it was abysmal before we even uh before like Biden is trying to change this shit up. But like you look at the Trump um immigration stances and like it's just like in in how we're attacking trans right like what the hell are you talking about what this is the um, this is americana and not that you're talking about not america like you are talking about the things that he's talking about we a very fictionalized of what we actually are 
any it is like the two Americans thing. Like so, and you know, then he goes on and talks about how like, very very pie in the sky type yeah, energy, very very naive and slash willfully ignorant. You choose on what 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 he is, but then or what he was saying right there. And then like I one thing I one thing only thing I liked about this promo not because it was actually like fair, but the fact like the pettiness. He talked about all the great. Uh, wrestlers he's faced from the UK. He named he named them. He named a bunch of them, and then he for and then Nick Aldis in his most famous match against any UK wrestler. He totally he totally <laughs> omitted him. I was like, God, I, I know Nick Aldis is sitting there like you asshole, you jerk, you jerk. I hate you. Uh, Wrestled him twice. Yes, to great success, to great financial success. I just is like whatever, and then. And then the, the piece of resistance, he's he starts talking about in nineteen sixty one, Atlanta was still segre- was still segregated, and in two thousand twenty one, his wife Brandy is going to give birth to a beautiful black and white princess that, if I remember the words correctly, will have, we'll have both identities, both identities, shun identities and sh- shun neither. Okay, I'm not going to get into um, whether or not um, biracial uh, children and their and their concept of um, well, I'm not even going to say concept. That sounds like I'm, tr- I'm dismissing or trivializing it. dual identities or whatever else. I'm not even going to get into that. That's for no total discussion that I would I would not have in front of uh, on this podcast. <laughs> I just will not. Like it's no, I'm not going to go through it. So, <sighs> Rich. We were talking about rap, right? Yeah. What would be the number one city in rap of the last 15 years? Atlanta. Okay. When, when, a lot of these Atlanta rappers, uh, and they talk about their background and parts of the city they're from. How, what did what did they talk about? They're from what? Where? Zone four. They, they talk about the, the six Atlanta zones, right? Zone six. Right, right, right. And we I think I think I made a joke about it uh the other a couple of weeks ago about like You better uh, not say you from zone two. Zone two <laughs> You know why I say talk about this because you say Atlanta's no longer segregated or he's admission the schools are segregated. No, nah, they're still fucking segregated because the housing's still segregated. Those zones were put in place to segregate the city and these zones still exist. They're not legally still in place, but these these zones are still the same as they might as well still be there. The the invisible fences. Yes, you can pull up a dot census map, and you think I'm joking or or not being fully honest about like the fact that like we have legally desegregated, but like we haven't enforced it. We we don't like so that's why you look at schools and and busing and all that stuff for the past what uh, forty or sorry fifty years at this point. And it still looks the same. Like, this ain't even the Atlanta thing. You can tell us about any, any major city in this country. Yep. Pull up a dot census map, go to Detroit, and pull up another map of uh, Detroit, look at the dividing line, look at 8 Mile Road, then pull up a dot census map and be like, huh, all that blue and all of that green, like, where white people and black people are are totally separated by this one artificial, socially engineered line. What? What is that? Oh, Eight Mile Road. Oh, it was done by the highway system. <laughs> uh, another part like that is like St. Louis, and um, oh, yeah, they're on the other side of the Mississippi River. 
Yeah. It's East St. Louis, and then like there's there's the, the sprawling suburbs to the west of uh, the river where white people have moved further and further away from black people. And you can say that about a bunch of different cities. You can talk about, um, hell, St. Pete, 20, 20 minutes from where we are. You look at it on the diocese map, Central Ave. Central Ave is the dividing line. Like, it's not nearly yep. as pronounced as, or as big as Eight Mile Road, but it's there. Like, that line, in, there's a line in the sand where, like, white people live up north, white people live south of Central. Like, you look at um, Tampa. 275 is the dividing line. Like, mm-hmm. white people live south of 275, black people live north of 275. Like, when you hear talk, how long we talk about him from South Tampa, da 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 da, and they, and they say that all the time. He's not talking about black people taught him that word. <laughs> like, and, and this is a bunch of different cities. Chicago is the most segregated city in the country, residentially segregated city in the country. Atlanta's like number two or three. I can't remember. It's been so long since I've like been following that stuff. But you know, I was heavy into this. So I'm like, you're saying this stuff, and like, I'm a fucking idiot. You clearly have no knowledge of what you're saying, and if you did, you, you either shame on you for saying this nonsense, or I need to throw a fucking bookish cue, which I don't know which one it is. I, I was going to say, or he can, he can read a book, or someone like, because I feel like he's had very limited conversations with people that have a limited understanding of this, and he has a very basic understanding of this. And I do mean basic, because there's no way he's from Atlanta, that you... He said he's from Atlanta, Georgia. I know he's from really, really from Marietta. You can live in Marietta, you can live in Alpharetta. If you live in Metro Atlanta, in them suburbs where white people have left in droves to get away from the city, cut off uh, the Marta's public transportation system, have the fucking Atlanta Braves move to Cobb County to get away uh, to placate their white fan base. I don't want to hear this shit about my 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 biracial daughter. And look what look at the look at how far we've came over fifty years. My biracial daughter is coming to this world. It, yeah. it doesn't. Or six it, years it, later, it, it, it's like that's he, he was throwing he threw wild hate haymakers, and I think he missed very badly here. Um, it this, was just and and then like you talk about a go go, and this guy's like. A black guy. He's saying, this, <laughs> he's saying this about his daughter. While, while I guess, like, forgetting the part where, like, he's wrestling another person that is biracial like his daughter will be. What are you yeah. talking about? This is, it, I, I don't want to say it's it infuriated st- me, but I was like, yo, this is just, like. A stunning lack a, of self-awareness. This doesn't just- hold up to any bit of scrutiny and you're a baby face and you're doing it and you're doing a xenophobic promo like uh, i i I do think people calling him like a white national saying he's doing a white nationalist promo or being a bit hyperbolic but it's like i don't know i i feel like i know what cody kind of gets down with and stands for a little bit and i i sincerely think he he operates with he thinks he's doing the right thing and it's just like i just think he needs to to learn more and listen more still and that's a tough thing i think to hear because he probably feels like he has listened and he has you know you know put quote unquote did the work or whatever but it's there's always more work to do to to with this kind of stuff as far as doing the work goes i don't know what to say to that I don't want to bring this up. I don't know what to say to it after I read uh, Brandy's Twitter response because that Twitter response makes me think a lot of different things about her. Some that have, that she has been accused of, and like I I have stayed away from because it's like 
She's getting, look, she's getting a lot of, sh- in this time, people will put your feet to the fire for you to stand up for, or, or for you to show what you believe in, right? Like, all there's a the reason time. why all these Texas companies have came out recently and said, like, we are against all this voter suppression bills that are happening um, in the Texas congressional floor. So, everybody wants to know where people lie and stand on stuff, and, like, obviously Brandy has in this in all of this and uh, Brandy has taken it and, and turned it into I don't want to answer it because anything I say will get people to blow up on me which is absolutely true uh, and I'm not even going to say no but to move on I just now after seeing her response I I, I think that I think that I think that we have a bit more of an answer I, th- I think we do. I'm not going to get into any name call. I'm not going to get into anything because it's ultimately not important. But, like, I, 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 I see the steez. I see what she says online. And, like, okay. All right. And, like, whew, boy. I, I, <laughs> just just pray for the future. If, the, if, the, if you are if you're inclined to do so, pray for the future. Because this, this promo just is like, yo, this is... This is not the right move, and I don't think this is the right time for you to be out here doing this jingoistic-ass promo. And it absolutely was. As far as um, people um, talking about, uh, I, I didn't see this because I, I, I just didn't, I, I don't care for other people's opinion on this. Like, it's like, because, I, 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 you know, they'll be like, oh, it's pro wrestling, whatever. It's like, bro, like, I, I, I didn't sign up for this. Like, you're right, it is pro wrestling. I didn't sign up for this. I didn't sign up for this. I didn't sign up for this promo. Like, yeah, man, I just didn't. I think Cody over like he's over ambitious. Like, I feel like this is in his wheelhouse. This was bound to happen. Like, this could have been about like anything. You know, think about you broke up the 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 you broke up. You said self like oh. I was going to say, think about, you know, his inflated sense of self that he has sometimes. And, um, you know, th- this is him. I, 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 this truly did not surprise me that he was say some stuff like this. And, you know, you think about the demographics of the fans and, you know, the what companies, the, the locker rooms. Shot of the white guy with the Black Lives Matter shirt. What, what, what oh do you think of that? God. I Could saw you- that and I was like. I was like, wow. And a buddy apparently came out and was on Twitter talking about I was not a plant or whatever. But man, my, my thing is this. I, my, what, what an incredible shot. Like, my, my thing is this is like, what? Like, did what? you show up wearing that? Who in the right mind decided to cut to that? What made you, what made you use that verse? What made you go to that camera shot? Why? Why? I, I I think these you know he was doing that promo under the guise of unity no or whatever I, and I it's like that. I understand that in, I, in his chance in his in his way to try to unify the country he ignored the the mostly <laughs> underrepresented and disenfranchised and, and entirely dismissed or or I even say I don't even say dismissed that's, that'd be unfair pretend I would say like just didn't engage with the material. Just right. Didn't, at right. all. It's like, bro, did you read the book? It was like, well, I checked out, I skimmed it. Like, that's kind of what it like. I feel like when he walked back in the locker room, I feel like 
people were like, you did a great job with it. And then he, he's breaking out crying doing a promo and all that. And he How many times Cody like fake cry doing a promo? This is not a second time that I remember in in, uh, in, in on an AEW promo. Like the one with Ellis Allen on that slide. And like when people talk about this was Cody's magnum, magnum opus and this is the promo, I'm thinking to myself like, I don't think this is a top two promo in, in AEW for Cody. I don't know what y'all talking about. That Ellis Island is an all-timer. The promo he cut for his brother uh, going into double or nothing is an all-timer. Yeah, if you think it's an no. all-timer, fine. They're not as good as that. They're not as good as those fucking two promos. No. I feel like there's just way too much to... Even if you liked like, it. No. I, I think <laughs> it's weird because like the stuff he mentions... It's like he's opened up a conversation he doesn't really want to have. Exactly. Like, and it's like, if you want to do that, I feel like it requires more than a basic understanding of what he has. And he's probably getting patted on the back for this by whoever, you know, maybe his brother standing there and he walks saying, oh, that was awesome, you know, kid or some shit like that. And it's just like, none of this is going to be resolved really and it's just like you hope they just go away from it and don't bring it up again it, another part that doesn't to me that doesn't really jive is like I don't know how many matches Ogogo had on like dark slash elevation any? I think he's only done like one okay. I, I think he's done one or two so am I missing like this this um, go home level promo for like the, the literally like act two of their entire thing like where does he? I don't understand. How did he come? One to just dropped tonight on. Uh, one just dropped for a go go tonight on Elevation that okay. I was listening to. Okay, so I and don't he's been on Twitter work working the gimmick. By the way, <laughs> he's he's getting a lot of new fans. Okay, uh, so I, I think you know. I I'm trying to get an understanding of how does he go from a uh, a guy that happens to be from another country puts a flag over you to then like talk about like his work visa in the American dream and everything else It's like. He didn't say any of that. He just dropped the flag on you. He didn't say, I mean, and then he talked about this stuff. He's like, is he talking about this stuff on Twitter when he talked about this for heat? Because it's like, bro, like, I'm I'm completely, like, clueless as to what the fuck he's talking about before he even gets his point. Like, how did we get here so fast out of nowhere with nothing that's ever been referenced before on Dynamite? What is this? And then it's like, then he goes into this stuff while he's doing, while he's doing this. I'm like, Huh? How do you build up this, this this nationalistic feud when like I heard I've never heard the person that's being built as a heel say anything about bad about this country that I recall, or even related to it coming to you? Like, I understand he punched you in the gut a few times. I understand that part. What? But where did this uh, where did this come this Americana stuff come from? I don't know. It was like a stuff for the flag and like um um you brought a, a sledgehammer for something that was like. Ant level stuff. It was completely uh, uh, what's it called? Overreaction for what what, what we've seen so far. And plus all the other stuff we just went over. So I was like, I don't, Man. I don't understand. Wrong time, wrong place, wrong promo. Like y'all got to go through a whole lot more to even get to here. And I'm not even necessarily, and I'm not necessarily agreeing with, or I'm damn sure not agreeing with the stuff you said. Even even if this was further down the line, I just like, what is this? What is this? Yeah, uh, this is a hot shot ass promo. Fuck him up or go go fuck him up. That's what I got to say. Okay. Um, Can move on? Uh, is there anything else we need to talk about to break this? Just this is a dream. Like I, Cody's exhausting. He really is. Like I and I like you know I I still like Cody. Like I you know I the Floyd 
Floyd's gonna come on here and, and talk about, or not on here, but he's gonna come on and eventually like react to what we're saying on here. But it's like, bro, like, if you want to argue otherwise, I don't know what to tell you because like, trust us. I don't, don't, don't want to say. I don't want to say. <laughs> I don't want to say we do this or even I do this, but it's like. Nah, bro. There's some there's some, there's some stuff I can show you to like let you know like this, this all this stuff is all fictitious that he came up with. This is a fairy tale. This is a fantasy land. Yeah, like that. That's why I felt like he was in. He was in a fantasy land that we don't live in. Like this is some shit that you say in 1984, not 2021, as as a wrestling promo. This is this is not this is not it right now. Like if you want to talk about the there's like, there's probably about- a better. I feel like there's a more well-read, better promo in him about all that same shit. I think people were like, "Yo, this is this is um this is a problem and like we were expecting a lot fucking better from you. A lot fucking better." So, I mean, that's all that's really all I have to say yeah. I just I <laughs> Like I don't how is this supposed to be an inspiring babyface talk? And then like and then like what an hour later, Bro, and everyone and loves later, to go. Darby, Darby comes out there is like, no, this is inspiring babyface. I don't know what the fuck this was. <laughs> yeah, um, but moving on, uh, we had WrestleMania backlash last night. Uh, I don't know how deep you want to go into it, but uh, it was a pretty good show. Um, you Aside know, from that I abomination watched, got... in the third match. Oh yeah, oh yeah. That we're talking about all time Russell crap bad. All right, so check check the timing on this. So I decided I was like, look, I was working on like cleaning up a little bit in mm-hmm. my office room, right around like, and I had missed like the first ten minutes. I looked up and the show was on. I was like, fuck, and I knew they didn't have to rewind or whatever, right? So I was like, That's whatever. Right. That's right. And then I was like, about an hour later, I was like, well, let me tell me just turn it on and see what's going on. Uh-huh. And then I turn that shit on, and it's the fucking zombies. I turn that shit immediately off. I'm like, not tonight. I am not doing this. I don't like, blame you. Fuck I don't blame this. You. I'm not doing this. I'll watch it while I'm working tomorrow. Like, they're not yeah. going to take my time. I'll take my job's time. I <laughs> <laughs> need to edit it off the podcast. Like, like I, I need to be getting paid while, while taking this in because I thought it was like, hold on. This is like. This is sub level, like just hor, just horrible, yeah. absolutely horrible. Yeah. Um, it, yeah, just 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 very bad. Um, I okay, yeah, it was stupid, and I'm watching the show, and I'm like, first two matches, these are good, these are good, these are really good matches, and then that happens. I'm like, where did this come from? And then I hear later on that it's a promotional tie for the Batista. Um, movie that's coming out and I thought I was like okay but you still have to explain where the fuck zombies came from or I would or I, I imagine you should anyway which then becomes like well why the fuck are you even doing this like there's nothing else you could have came up with than zombies like the types of the movie like I, this zombie lumberjacks whatever man it's stupid it was just a stupid bad mash and no one's gonna like so whatever I'm not you you killed it rightfully so and I, I agree with everything you're saying it was just a waste of time and then, but like the thing that was so weird about it is like you had those two matches that were well wrestled, didn't really have any crazy finish. I, I was, you know, even all night, but like there was no real screwy stuff as far as finishes. So it was just enjoyable wrestling. And then they had that 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 match is going to be one of the you know fuck out of here draft uh, fuck out of here draft uh, 
um, candidate. And then, like, you get to the next three matches to close the uh, the show out, or four, I can't remember, and you're just like, huh, if you just pull that one match out and throw it in the trash where it belongs, like, I haven't enjoyed a WWE pay-per-view this much since Evolution. Evolution 2018! It was just, it was just weird. Like this was a, this was a show that, if not for that match, you say is at, you say is a quote, you know, very good slash great pay per view. Uh, one, this is at, even with it still being abomination, it's still one of the better wrestling shows I've seen this year. And this is like one of the first things people are gonna remember on this show, regardless of the, uh, the universal title match, regardless of the triple threat match for WWE title, regardless of every other solid. Very or good or very good match on the undercard is that match. That's gonna be like the third, the, the second or third thing you're gonna remember from this, uh, from this pay per view. And like that's unfortunate. I'm like, it's back to WWE, man. It's like these wrestlers work hard. They're talented. They trying to give their damnness to the fans. And then what? And then Vince wants to book a fucking zombie apocalypse, um, lumberjack match that Damian Priest has to. Where men at the end were eaten. Yeah. Oh yeah, by the way, um Morrison was on was on Raw today in Russell. So there's that. He had a regular he had a regular oh, non zombified so. lumberjack match with Priest. And it looked like they went fucking nuts. Like there was a um there was a uh super superplex to the floor over over the actual regular lumberjacks. There was a bunch of stuff I signed that match. They looked like they had a, a really fun match. It's like if that had been on the show last night. It's one of the better shows of the year. It still is. But, but Morrison was... got eaten. Exactly. I thought. But, but you got to remember, Rich, same thing when when um, AJ Styles showed up after he got buried by the Undertaker alive. Yeah, I got buried. So what? Nothing. I, I, nothing matters. I, right. I, like, no. I was, it, it, as decent as the show was, it was just like I was watching. I was just like... <sighs> It felt like a chore still for me. Like, um, I guess we can just get into it. Um, uh, the triple threat match, Rhea Ripley, Oscar and Charlotte. Um, this was cool. Um, you know, I'm confused on what Rhea Ripley is, especially like when Charlotte's there, I don't know who the fuck to root for. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, Oscar's hanging out. Yeah. Ooh, shit. The <laughs> Um, it's amazing how Charlotte's just turned back heel quick. But, but um, on the um, did, did you did I was gonna say did you notice on the finish like when made no um sense. no sense? It's not that even did it, it didn't make sense. It was like when they shot it, they shot it like get Charlotte completely out of the shot. Like it was that Drew McIntyre. Like they did that shit with with Kenny too. It was like, have Kenny get all the way the fuck out of here before Nakazawa like gave up or some shit. But that definitely happened with the Charlotte thing. They intentionally was like hard swing that camera back towards, um, cause you watch it and you're like, well, why the fuck didn't Charlotte just get in? But right. then she like, quote unquote fell off the apron. But I'm like, all like, right, the, I guess. The finish is for those that didn't watch it. They're, they had, they those three rustled their asses off, or and then get into the ring. Rhea and Oscar in the ring. Charlotte's in on the apron. Rhea whips Oscar into Charlotte. Charlotte sees it, gets a boot up, 
Oscar then rather receiving the boot then comes to the center of the ring. They cut to the hard cam uh, shot. Rhea grabs Oscar and hits her with the ripcord for the victory. While Charlotte was just on the apron, big booted Oscar never got back. Like apparently off when we didn't see her on camera, fell while giving the big boot, fell to the floor, didn't just get up and get into the ring and break up the pin. It's just. Just yeah, fuck like, it. You, you got, got me. Pinned. I was right fucking there. I sat there and watched it, and I didn't break it up. I didn't do anything. And a title match. I'm just like, what? Why? Wh- who? All you had to do was have Oscar hit her with a running kick or a forearm that sent her tumbling to the ground, and you've done the same exact finish, and you've been like, this is stupid. Now just like, what the hell is Oscar doing? She's or Oscar. What is Charlotte doing? She's a fucking goober. She's a 13 time champion. Yeah, I I don't know. I think the camera shot like uh, was that that did it more for me. Like oh, I'm like I clearly knew it was like the finish or whatever. Right, right. But that's the thing though. It's like I know this is the finish, but you just gave her a big boot. What the fuck? I I, I just didn't I just didn't get it. We, we let's move on to the next match. Um, yeah, we can move on. Um, the Los Mysterios, my God. Um, all right. Dom Mysterio is a make a wish ass motherfucker. So, um, so when Ric Flair did this with Sting, like, if he had came in and hit one move, would that would that have made him a make a wish motherfucker or no? No, because he's Ric fucking Flair. Okay, fair. Okay, look. I remember the matches that Dominic Mysterio had last year, so I'm not going to go that far. I do think, I, while well, still thinking what you're saying is funny, but this was like, hey, Ray, I want you to be. <laughs> We're going to have to have you wrestle both parts of the match. <laughs> yes, I want you to basically be Braun Strowman at WrestleMania 34, where you have to, you have to basically make a hot tag for yourself and, and do. I want you to get heat for yourself. I want you to come back for yourself. I want you to be a house of fire for yourself. And I want you to tag in your your your, your, uh, your son and do a couple things. And then like you clear out you clear out the um the the other person that's, that's not a legal person. And then you basically set the table. You do everything except actually win the win the match with decisively with a decisive finish yourself, Ray. And I was like, Yo, this is I don't know why they decided to do it this exact to this exaggerating of an extent, but I, you know, seeing, um, Ziggler and rude in, in, um, in Ray, like do their thing. Like I, I enjoyed that match before Ray, before Dominic inevitably same. was going to come in. I, I thought the dirty dogs were look good in this. Yeah. Yeah. Same here. And I thought and, Ray, and like, you I know, like anytime Ray's I see Ray, awesome. anytime I get to see Ray have a good match, it just makes me happy. Cause Ray's like, this man has been kicking, this man has been kicking father time's ass. Yeah, man. Look, who has kicked Father Time's ass more? Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, LeBron, Jerry Rice, or Rey Mysterio? <laughs> um, I think you got to say Jerry Rice because he was playing. <coughs> because of what? Oh, I, think, I think he was out there getting crushed. Okay, fair enough. So, more, uh, fair enough. A more physical sport. Fair enough. Um, But yeah. Yeah, yeah, Don Mysterio, my God, like <laughs> just complete lack of charisma. Complete. Um, I saw his frog splash on the top rope, and I was like, Sasha Banks's frog splash looks like it hurts more than his. Mm, like, 
Sasha like Sasha Sasha's light, but I I get what you're saying. I I get what you're saying. Like yeah. he, he has um, one move of course. Then we had the lumber. Yeah, lumberjack match. We yeah. already talked about it and killed it. What, what's next? Just just awful, abysmal. It has a one point four one rating. The best best My part God. is right. I looked at the uh, I looked at the cage match score at first. And I saw that at first when it had like ten votes on that shit it was like a three. I was like, "Oh, that's finna plummet. <laughs> Ain't no way that's a three. Ain't no way that's a three. That is a that is a worst match of the year contender. There is no way. It is sure enough. Bro, like, the, and I woke up today and looked was like, champion. Oh. Yeah, what a, a bizarre champion. year for the Miz. I, I can't. I can't. What I a bizarre year for the Miz. Like, what a bizarre year for the company. <laughs> <laughs> Look, WWE champion wrestles a celebrity, gets eaten and dies. Like yeah. I've, I, yeah. I, I don't know, but um, Bianca Belair and Bailey. I thought this was your standard um, champion against veteran challenger match, uh, kind of like your Seth Rollins versus Randy Orton in 2015. Maybe your Drew McIntyre versus Seth Rollins uh, last year. Kind of the same deal here. I would have liked a more definitive win uh, for Bianca rather than the hair roll up deal. Maybe there's a reason they didn't want to, you know, make it more definitive. But it, I thought this was pretty good. Yeah, um, I like the finish. It reminded me. It, it and, I, and I feel like I see a lot. I feel like I see a lot more in Bianca than I do Rhea. Well, you have to right now, given how rough of a start that Rhea had. Like this was like last night was the first match where you like. Nobody, it wasn't some huge mis- glaring, commis- a huge uh, miscommunication and everything else. Like, and that's just a match. Like, as far as her character, her motives, uh, what drives her, we're, I, we still yet to have learned any of that in any real way. We know, and, and obviously, you know, that's the difficulty when you oh. do these, these, uh, these possible tweener characters as opposed to just doing like what Bianca was just like, just baby face, just good, just good person, just good person. So like I, you know, it's so, a lot. So it's a lot easier. When to I was watching this, I, when I was watching this, I was remembering how um, these motherfuckers were trying to, you know, pass off these Lacey Evans struggle matches um, for the last two years when we could have had Bianca, you know, getting it right. But you know, she shows up and she's ready. Hey, we amazing. Were talk- we were talking about this back in two thousand. Was it uh nineteen? Right. We were. Yeah, we talking about this back in 19, and you look at it, it's like, hey, man, like, regardless of whatever you want to say about Rhea starting and how rough it's been, that match that she had uh, last night is better than anything um, <laughs> Lacey has ever done performance-wise. So, don't want to hear it. Like, we were right. We were, <laughs> like, and, like, it didn't really necessarily take any, you know, ingenious uh, vision to see that. Like, it was just like, it was obvious as day. They knew they decided to go this route, and you see how much of a struggle that was, and how some of the worst wrestling of uh, Charlotte's career is tied to uh, Lacey Evans, and only in whatever. Like when she comes back, hope she gets better. Yeah, um, yeah, I think this is cool. Um, I don't know what. Uh, <laughs> I've seen, you know, Bailey getting heavily praised uh, for this for having a standard I, good championship title match. Yeah, yeah, this is like, um, you know, MVP worthy and you know things of that nature. But I'm like, I like I thought it was cool, and then they did like a roll up finish. Like, 
Yeah, it reminded me. I mean, then it played into the hair stuff and like WWE title match. Yeah, I think I wonder. I I do wonder um, how many more times they can do the hair based offense stuff with with um, Bianca. And I don't mean just say the whip as far as like her matches are entirely or not entirely, but like mostly based around somebody grabbing her hair and then eventually she out she outsmarts them and gets them with the hair, whether it was the whip on Sasha, whether it was um, basically doing like the Darby pin with the set with the hair, which I, I'm pretty sure I've seen before on NXT um, with me and him. But like, I'm just wondering at what point will people be like, all right, enough with the hair. We know she has hair like this is an incredibly charismatic, um, likable, naturally likable person. Hey. Like, stop making her matches be about her hair. Someone's going to have to cut the hair eventually, right? Oh, for fuck's sake. I didn't even think about that. I hope not. I I, I have no. I have nothing. They're gonna cut the hair for heat. I'm. I I, I want no parts of that. Like let's, and, please and let I, Sasha and, do it. Look, this is what I'll say. <laughs> or Naomi. If it ever comes to that, if it ever comes to that, um, they better be prepared for what comes with it. Look, if it's, if they smart, they, they look. There are a couple people. That I would have do that. And oh yeah, else, oh yeah, 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 you, yeah, yeah, definitely. It has to be a black person. You do that with a you do that with a white person. Is with a white person? It's, it's gonna be nope. nope. You ain't gonna want that. Nope, not right. at all. Well, not at all. Not I, at I all. don't suggest it. And I don't. And, um, I, and look, and I'm telling you, when a bunch of people that are gonna pull the pull their, go on Twitter and be like, I don't understand what the big deal is. Hey, sit this one out. It's not for you. <laughs> sit down. Shut the fuck up and listen. When people go off, so so, I'm just warning you at a time. A, a teachable moment. Learn more than Cody Rose does. Oh so, God, I, um, I can't believe that. <laughs> All right, so triple that match. Uh, triple that match for the WWE titles. The next match, right? Yeah. Um, a big. All right. Whew. So this was like, <laughs> do do's do your big spots. Don't sell. Do another big spot. Don't sell. Do another big spot. Stand your ass up, like it, Rich. It fucking works. <laughs> yeah, I I loved it. Um, <laughs> I knew it. I told you I was gonna love this shit. Hey man, like this. We should have known. Obviously, the build has been wacky or whatever else, and how they got there. Were all the times they wrestled each other, and you know some of the botches in the in the Strowman and McIntyre stuff at the beginning on Raw um, a couple weeks ago. But I should have. I. I should have recognized that, like, you look at Bobby Lashley's uh, track record on pay-per-view since he's returned, his two best opponents, or his two best matches, was have been with Bobby Lashley, I'm sorry, have been with Braun Strowman in that last man standing match, and with Drew McIntyre, regardless of it, uh, how much I uh, didn't like the WrestleMania match, but the one they had, uh, like, a couple weeks after WrestleMania uh, 36. I should have recognized, like, these are his two best opponents, kind of. Let them all get in there and, and show you how phenomenally, incredibly strong they are and how awesome fucking Drew McIntyre was and and how willing Braun Strowman still is to try to have good match regardless of the fact that, like, he just can't do it because of the mobility issue with that being that size. They went out there and they busted their ass and they hit big move after big move after big move, kick out. They did the WWE staple of doing a, a, a practical effect spot with the um, LED board, which I got to say, like, you know, people get tired of that stuff, 
But what I will say is, when you have time to practice that stuff, you, when you have time to practice that stuff, you ain't got to worry about getting the shit ready for TV, AEW. <laughs> <laughs> they got that shit down to a science because they do it all the time. Maybe you should learn to do this shit all the time so it will never look bad. Anyway, well, well, that's why they bleed all the time in AEW. So <laughs> the blood always, you know, comes off correctly. So, yeah, I, I, I love the match. My favorite part of the match was... Braun comes running in. Drew Hissel with a Michinoku driver. I popped. I was like, you know how strong you have to be to get Braun Strowman? Even with Braun Strowman obviously helping you all that stuff. To get him up and get, get him up and, and turn and down in a way to where he doesn't land on top of his head. It looked white. Yes, it was. Bro, so- it was all one fluid motion. It wasn't yes. no struggle. It wasn't no, uh, I'm shaking to get him up. Nothing. It was just like, I'm spinning him around. Yes. And when it's, and I never, because it's never, it never happens to somebody even close to that big. You think of Michigan Drive, you think, okay, it's a, it's a it's a it's a big move that gets you a near fall, whatever else, but like it's you know, it's not really in, in modern day someone's you know finish or whatever else, except for uh Micah in um in stardom, that's cause she was trained by uh Taka, right? But when it's on somebody that fucking big, you're like, oh my god, that just looks devastating. Also, Strowman did a flip off the apron and like damn yes. near ended his own life. Drew yes. McIntyre saved that man's life. Yes, there's also the spot where they end up on the floor after the Michigan driver, where Braun comes a running with the, with the, with the, with the shoulder tackle he normally does. Drew McIntyre catches him, and God bless Braun Strowman. Braun Strowman and them and him tried to go for this for the Scott Steiner belly to belly over the top flip thing. Oh and man! Braun landed on that on that floor on his fucking on the back of his fucking head, and I I was horrified because of how big he is. <laughs> and the lack and with that size comes that lack of mobility. Wondering if he may have broken his neck, maybe knocked out, concussed, severely concussed. Got his ass back up, no sold it. Strowman, uh. Mike Tyrus fucking can't believe it. Comes running in for the Claymore. Braun catches him in powerbomb position. And then powerbombs, because they're right by the announce table. Powerbombs on the announce table. I was like, yo, this match is fucking awesome. <laughs> like, when I was all sold. Like, this match is awesome. Drew McIntyre is awesome. Uh, Braun Strowman, this is one of his best matches in, in a long-ass time. Like, in, in, or in his career is one of the best matches, period. And efforts. And, and, and they got back in the ring. Drew his... Uh, Gets back in the ring. McIntyre uh, is about to get um, power slid or the the power slam. He slides out the back, ducks under a lariat, hits the rose, Claymore, Bobby Lashley, after taking a powder for like the last five minutes, going through that spot, the LED board comes in, throws McIntyre's ass out, um, hits a spear and gets the win. Blubbed it. Fantastic match. McIntyre is awesome. He's like one of their best heavyweight wrestlers quite frankly ever. that's ever been ever. in wwe especially like, for big matches ever like like what you want you want a brawl you want a fight you want a technical match you want you know him to be to get sympathy what you want you want a short match like <laughs> he can do whatever Braun, or sorry drew mcintyre and roman reigns at this point what they've done um these last what when did roman come back SummerSlam, right yeah I don't think when's the last time we had like two dudes, two dudes that like the company loves go out there and have basically acclaimed match after acclaimed match, regardless of how you feel about them. But like the efforts there, the want to's there, the matches like from a technical standpoint are there, there as far as in the timing, whatever else you get issue have issues with Roman's pacing, whatever. I don't care. By the time he gets into that match, that match is on is on point. We are 
these two are giving us what we really be what we really be asking for um on the main roster. And like quite frankly, I don't know what these two shows like without these without them two. These two motherfuckers are MVPs. <laughs> they really <laughs> they really are some most valuable wrestlers for their promotions slash brands. Like you can say whatever you want to about Roman's um, Roman and, and McIntyre's from week to week or whatever else, big matches they've been fucking bringing it, and I love it. Yeah, um, so that'll take us into the the Universal Title match: Roman Reigns against Cesaro. Um, Reigns defends and keeps the belt, uh, obviously against Cesaro. <laughs> um, yeah, I thought this was a really like a slow paced great match. Yes. Um. Like I was watching, it was just like, of course they got to do his exposition dumps and all that, and I was yeah, like yeah. watching that at low volume, and I was like, oh, what the fuck? Now I had to like turn the volume up to try to hear <laughs> what he's saying, but it's just more of the same shit. So yeah. I'm, you know, but um, I I thought they wrestle. I appreciate the clean match, uh, the the no bullshit. Yes. Uh, finally, and also regular rules match because. Yes. You know, Roman Reigns. I think all he's done is like death matches, pretty much. Except for uh, uh, aside up, up, up the, until Daniel Bryan, yeah, yeah, up until and, Daniel Bryan, um, right after Royal Rumble or Elimination Chamber or Fastlane was what it was. Like before yeah. then, it was yeah, all the death matches and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but um, I thought <laughs> shit, uh, Cesaro after the match, like shit, they beat him, they jumped him, and then they jumped him some more. Like if you want to tell me a dude's the fuck out of here. That's how you do it. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, another, another solid match for Reigns. I, I I think people are liking this a lot more than I am as far as, like, like people were telling me this is a, this is an all-time, like, no. run he's on. And I'm like, no. well, okay. uh, I don't, I don't I, see that. I like, would say this. Given that he's not wrestling that much, um, and you look at, for example, like, me personally, I gave his match four and a half stars. Um... I love this match. I think this is Roman's best tennis performance in wrestling I've ever seen. There's nothing even fucking close. Um, and, like, this answers a lot of my questions for when we booked, um, I think it was last year when we did the uh, the fantasy draft, and we were like, we put Roman with Ishii as a fantasy uh-huh. match. Like, given some of the stuff with, with the arm selling that Cesaro was doing and then some of the head buzz, I was like, bro, this is that. This this makes me like that match that we booked uh, in the fantasy draft even more. Like, imagine if it had been Ishii and Cesaro. No, not against Cesaro, but we're talking, and obviously, like, Cesaro's a great, incredible wrestler and, and sold that thing incredibly. But, like, that is the blueprint for a lot of these Ishii matches is selling hurt, no selling, fighting through, overpowering, selling like crazy. Like, that match cut down to 15 minutes and no rest holes in the way that, in the way that Ishii match formatted. Like, that's out, that's knocked out the park great. So it makes me like, I just. I, I want Ishii. I want I want Roman in G one. <laughs> but anyway, like I loved it. I loved that that part of it. I loved um I love the part where he goes for the springboard uh, European uppercut that he always has done for years. He does it the first Cause time. Superman and, punch. And then the second one, I was like, I thought he was gonna. I after he did that the first time, I thought he's gonna do a spear. Mm-hmm. And then he actually caught him with the Superman punch. I was like. Okay, I see Roman's Roman's really in his bag right now. There's more Roman's out here. He's like he's now treating the Superman punch that is you know he used to kind of spam it. Now he's like he's saving that shit almost like a, almost like the, the Okada drop kick. He's like special moments. <laughs> I'm going to basically do like a combo breaker that stop all momentum and change it over in a perfect way. I loved it. I I, I really enjoyed the hell out of this match. I thought technically like it was incredible. I thought I, I and it there's also elements of like the 
person gets hurt due to circumstances. And Cesaro's done this before in a couple matches where, like, he'll get, quote-unquote, hurt. He'll sell that he's hurt initially and then, like, treat it like it's an actual fight so I can't sell to my opponent. But the opponent still picked it up. And then it progresses to, like, he's living and dying by his arm, the work on the arm, and the selling. Which is, I, I, I really I really enjoyed this match a lot. I really did. Like, I, you know, the pace, I didn't... Like, this was, like, the first Roman Reigns pay-per-view match that wasn't a triple threat that, like, the pacing didn't bother me this time. I know people, I know it was still slow. It didn't bother me as much as, like, when he's doing exposition dumps on on, on Jay. It just, it, mm-hmm. this didn't, like, the fact that he was, he upped this technical game so much and worked over it and did all that arm work and limb work, that worked for me so much. Like, obviously, you know, Josh... Josh one Josh Smith has issues with his guillotine. At this point, I don't fuck what that guillotine was like. I know, I know what a guillotine was like. I know that's not a real guillotine. Everything else was on point on this match. I love this match. I really did. I thought this was. I thought this might be. I think this is the best Roman Reigns singles match ever. I really do. I get four. Man, easy. yes. Like I, what, what I, else would you have? What, what what else would you have? The Daniel Bryan stuff. The <laughs> the the, uh, the Brock Lesnar stuff that turned into a three way. Uh, yes. I I love this match. Like yeah. I feel like you, I'd, I'd have I both like of those this, over this one. I feel like this match is harder to recreate than those two matches, and, I, and the reason why I say is because I've seen three of those Daniel Bryan matches. I just saw one like two weeks ago or three weeks ago when they retired Daniel Bryan, and then the Roman, and then the uh, the um, the the Brock stuff is like they could do that anytime they wanted to. Like this was like the graduation of Roman. Roman as a wrestler's progression, like you look at what he was, what he's doing now with like the with the uh, even the forearms, or like he's always throw that that Undertaker slap punch thing that I was like, as I've gotten more into Piro, I just think it's so fake and phony, and like when he's throwing them forearms, it's like it's he's so he's uh, he's uh, he's so much more improved than he was in 2015. It's scary. He's so much better now as a, as in the ring. Before I used, to, I used to be like, all right, he has he has his moves, he has his five moves of dunes like everybody else does. He's super athletic, he's strong as fuck, and he has good, he has great fire, and they'll figure it out from here. Like now, as a te- as technical wrestler, I think he, I feel like he has just progressed like a thousand miles down the road from then. Like he's so much better now in in the ring. I just, I, 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 I'm gushing about how much I like this fucking match. I really am. Like the last two matches, actually. I, I, I was, I'm really, imp- I was really impressed. I really was. Yeah, I I wouldn't go that far. Like I'm still taking the, the first Dan Bryan match. That's fine. Um, trying to think. But the thing is, I've seen three of them. I've seen three of those matches of the same quality. So when people, so when people talk yeah, about, yeah, it's, um, it's up there. The all time run or whatever else, like he's I'll, only I'll take, wrestling. I'll take the. That's fair. Uh, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think the. First AJ Styles, I, I don't know. One of the AJ Styles matches. The, oh, okay, I'll take so, one of them over. Um, I can't remember. But the first one was the one where they kept restarting the match over and over and over. And then the last one, was, I mean, both of them. Not that one. <laughs> okay, so la- the second yeah. one. So that would be, um, I think, Money in the Bank, 2016. Something like that. Yeah, like I, I think, like, look, I think we're talking about slight distinctions or whatever else. But like, I just enjoyed, like, I, I was that impressed because, like, you know, I, I, I like the technical wrestling, selling, emotion, desperation thing. Like, I, I'm into that in, in like the, the physicality. Like, this was, this was a very physical match for a WWE main event that didn't involve like, you know, weapons and all oh, shit. This was a, just a, just a, <laughs> like, this, this would have been like the sec. This would have been a, a main event on the G1. 
I of a G one uh, show. I, I really enjoyed this uh, this fucking thing. Yeah, man. Um, but that's and the craziest part about it is they could have done this 2014. Like this match, uh, obviously not that level of match technical stuff or whatever. They could have had roughly a great match I mean, with Cesaro and Roman Reigns in 2014. They had wanted to. I, I mean, they did like in 2015. So like on Raw. <laughs> so like in. I remember some of the stuff. I think well, the I roles were to, reversed. I meant, I meant more to capitalize on Cesaro's momentum at the time as opposed to now, like, we're in uh, 2021. Like, this match that he had is, like, this is the stuff we... This is more of, like, yeah, he's been doing this since, like, 2014. Well, obviously way before it, but, like, when his first big matches, when he, you know, like, the NXT takeover stuff with Sami Zayn, like, we've known he's been that dude in the ring and in the big spot, he's an incredible wrestler. We've known that. Like, I think he's a person getting that I think I think what's getting it for me is like there's no hope for anyone on the roster that makes sense. Like mm. Cesaro's been on our TV for ten years. Like everyone that's yeah, on the TV close. that's challenging Roman Reigns has been around for like ten years. Like and these they're these people are the ruins, I'll say, of them okay. going so hard with Roman Reigns and not with anyone else. So like now he has to wrestle all these guys and it's like, these feel like either retreads dudes that have no shot in hell or they're like aging out of like someone believing in them essentially. Right. So like, like when, like when, like when, um, uh, when Jimmy Uso gets his, he gets his title shot. Yeah. It's like, you're trying to tell me that's a, like, no, one I'm sorry. Like, like no one believes that. Like, but it, I will say this, at least they're playing on the personal stuff or whatever else, which is more, which was going to be still intriguing. But obviously it's like, that's still not, you know, box office, even though it's like, what the fuck is box office in WB these days? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the main thing. Like there's nothing that's box office anymore, unless you're going to bring in the rock. So like, you may as well go out here and try to tell good stories. Yeah. So like, yeah, I see no like, and I don't even think it's necessarily you need to like look down the road and be like, "Yo, who are they preparing?" Yeah. But it's like you look down the card and it's like, "Well, who the who the fuck is like yeah. even winning matches to like, yeah. quote unquote, progress I'm that you. way?" I'm with you. So it's like, I don't know. Yeah, uh, it's up in there. Like, there's no. I don't know the word I'm looking for, but there's no, like, I look at AEW, right? There's, like, Darby and Hangman, like, circling the long play mm-hmm. or whatever for this shit. So, it's like, you have something to look forward to. It's like, Reigns, like, now it's like, he's over the mountaintop, essentially. And it's just like... Shit, he is, is the he just, mountain. Yeah, it's like, is he just gonna, like, get cashed in on or some shit? Like, like what's the... Like, like that's what I that's what I think, you know, is gonna happen. I think... Don't, I think Paul... Are they saving money in the bank for like live crowd? I think it's in July. Yeah. Okay. So they, I, I feel like there's like a double cross with Paul Heyman, and it could literally be anybody that, that wins a fucking money in the bank, ends this run, and then Roman's back, babyface. When the crowds come back, like Vince wants, and then like it, I feel like their problem kind of won't be solved. Like, and then like the person that ends up getting the big win off of this run. Is Roman Reigns? <laughs> Look, man, I don't know, Miro. Like, I, I, I haven't, even, I haven't thought about machination or what, what Machiavellian scheme Vince has cooked up to trick people into buying into uh, a Roman, another Roman Reigns uh, face run. I'm not, I'm not really concerned. I'm just, I'm just basically focused on what we're getting right now because what we're getting right now is so much fucking better than what we were getting. So, I, you know, I, you're, I'm not saying, uh, I, you know, I think. 
all that still all that all that stuff you said is still um on point but it's like at this point i don't care like Roman's out here having kick-ass matches in a way that, like, we hadn't really seen since, like, the 2016 run. When, so, um, for him personally. So, like, I'm just happy that, like, that's bad. Because, remember, there was a long time when they wasn't letting him wrestle anybody worth a damn forever. So, I'm I'm, I'm just happy that we're getting good-ass matches. And, you know, I treat how I treat WWE. I've been talking about my policy. Bro, I'm just happy that y'all... I'm just so happy that y'all still do this at any kind of high level. Because I, I, I just miss y'all. It's like, y'all don't really want to do any of this. Like, y'all... Y'all are y'all are in the content business. I, I'm just happy that y'all decided to give me any uh, good ass match, and I, I really enjoyed man, that one. This man, boy, this man just accepting the scraps. Just, just, just please, just, 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 just. <laughs> gotta keep in mind. Like, I don't watch like when we do the podcast on Mondays. I'll throw I'll throw Raw on just because as just to have it on because the TV's right here. But like, I don't watch Raw. I don't follow Raw. Man. Like, I I watch those people's reports for this figure out what's going to be the, what they do on pay per view, and then I watch pay per view, and then we talk about it like we talking right now. But now, nah, man, like I I got Stardom, I got NXT, I got AEW, I got New Japan. When I ever get the mood to watch New Japan again, I'm I'm kind of set on my wrestling. Like, I, you know, I have Sealand main events and stuff. Like, that's kind of what I got right now. Like, my play is kind of full. I don't have time to watch a three hour show. That's mostly bad. I don't have time to watch a two hour show that is halfway good. I want consistently good wrestling or get the fuck out. There's too much good wrestling to be out here talking otherwise. And, like, obviously, they got the star power, but, like, I'm not concerned about that star power like that. Like, I just, I want good stories more than star power. Am I personal wrestling? Am, am, I, am I different from everybody else? Probably, but, like, I'm doing what I want to do right now. Yeah, I feel you. Um, it's 2000 last night instead. Oh, yeah, it broke up. Say so. I said I was watching WCW 2000 last night <laughs> instead. Why? Um, just cause? I don't know. Just, just cause. Because right. I was able to. <laughs> but um, you had Hit Row on the um up on the sheet, so Hit Row got named. Uh, that was what I was gonna name it uh, last week on the show. But uh, I made y'all watch the show. Uh, AJ Francis did like a free little freestyle. He can actually rap pretty well. I've checked out some of his music. Um, I like the presentation. I yeah. I hope it works. <laughs> Look, man, um, you know, str- Swerve has demonstrated all the stuff you need to get a push and move up the card in NXT. And this is a further example of it. This is one of the best. This since the O'Reilly and um, Cole stuff. This was like the best talking segment in NXT. Um, so that's it's been about a month or whatever. Um, it was awesome. It was just awesome. Um, they're they're the way they were rapping. Um, they're getting themselves over, and it was distinct from one another. Um, <clears throat> easy to understand if you pretend like you don't understand it's cause you are, you don't want to understand. Um, uh, this was, <laughs> and, 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 you know, it was battle rap and it was in the context of, uh, introducing themselves. I thought this was a home run, um, of a, of a promo and they're off to the races. Um, I don't know what's in, in store for their future, but like, I'm interested now I'm interested. And this is like something big and something NXT really needed as a, a, a fresh new act that can be at the top of the card. Um, so this is, I love it. The, 
this is the blackest thing in NXT history. How many more things are blacker in WWE history? It being on many. the short, it's on the short <laughs> list. Like, it's on the short like, list. Like the Nathan the Domination. Like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, like, just, that's about it. Yeah, like, it was, I mean, and the thing for me was just like, you know, like, just seeing them and it was in how awesome they were. And, like, it, hey, man, like, so what? what's Max, what's Max Caster going to do? He going to keep doing, he, he going to keep doing what he's doing? He going to have to, like, step it up. He, bro. After that, after watching that um, on Thursday, because I don't watch NXT on Tuesday. After watching that Thursday, I was like, "Hey, bro, you know I'm not even I'm not even into the like the Matt Caster thing is like lowest common denominator, as simplistic as possible, so that like these white people that don't listen that don't listen to rap can understand all the lyrics and everything because he can really rap." And I'm just like, "Okay, cool, man. Like it's it's a rehash of the scene thing we've seen before, like." This level of rapping has never been done on uh, on pro wrestling, major pro wrestling, um, pro, major American pro wrestling. So it's like this is cool. <clears throat> this actually like feels feels. Uh, I don't authentic. Want to say, I don't want to say authentic. I don't because <laughs> I'm not trying to say that. I'm not trying to you know say that kind of stuff that that comes uh, yes. that comes with um, trying to take down Max Caster or Pay because I'm not really trying to do that. I'm just saying it's like. One person is playing towards the cheap seats, and one one is playing for us. And I appreciate the fact that like there's somebody actually doing this for us finally. So I, I thought I thought this was I thought this was awesome. I really did. Um, and they're off to the races. And like you know, between this this and like what we got with this that MMA uh, camp that they're uh, faction they're coming up with, like it's gonna be interesting. It's gonna be really interesting to see what they do because I would love for like. Someone down the line, there, if there is, in fact, a woman in this uh, MMA camp, diamond mine thing they're doing or whatever else, like, there's your war games right the fuck there. <laughs> or, or maybe they can't do war games. Yeah. You know, be one woman and how that works out. But, like, there is a there is a faction a brewing, and maybe you should build towards them eventually clashing. That'd be awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm with it. Yeah, man. Um, um, they had two I, title... I, Three times. I, I think if Caster wants to be like, because what we're talking about is kind of competing for the the airspace, right? Similar real estate, yeah. Right. So it's like obviously hey, it's different man. shows, so that doesn't really come yeah. across. But like you know, people are gonna same thing when we talk about like all these shows. Like if I've seen one thing and I see it on the other show, I'm naturally gonna compare it, even if y'all aren't trying to do it. Like, and there's only so much of that I can take of something similar. So it's like. It's gonna it's gonna be natural. There's gonna be comparisons, and it's like one one is like real rap raw. The other one is like, you know, you know smiling like some, I don't like, say say smiling, like but it's like tongue in like, cheek, not serious. And it's like, like current I, event rap, current event stuff. Like yeah, like easy this, to kind of like look around the room, like like gin, like look around the room and freestyle, like about the stuff you see, like that kind of stuff. And it's cool, but I think I I. I believe Max is capable of of stepping it up just because I've heard some of his other stuff. But like, Eddie France is a monster. Like, I heard one of his freestyles. Like, on what happened to that boy beat? He can rap. Mm. Like, <laughs> so well, I mean, well, quite fucking obvious. Like, yeah, like, yeah. given what he did the other the other day. Yeah. yeah, I don't think Swerve's like done like full rapping promos or anything, but like. Mm. He really doesn't even have to because, like, AJ Francis will handle all that. Like, right. And the thing is, like, Swerve has done enough with, you know, those studio <laughs> promos where it's like, he's golden. 
Like, yeah. as far as what he has all the credibility in the world with, um, as far as there's, there is nothing you can knock against Swerve. You can't say his matches aren't good enough because they fucking are. It's been, it's been obvious since day one. As far as his character, look at all that fucking character you saw in the ring just now. And now he has an operation working behind him. The promos have been there on point ever since he's been the building up. The look is there. This, since he's been building up to this point. Looks, presents himself, looks like a star. There you go. See, look. See you when, when crowds come back because this is going to be, this, this looks like they finally this got themselves. Be, so it's like, about to be jumping. It's about to be jumping. Like I think they're gonna get, they're gonna have to turn them. Like they ain't gonna be able to like remain heels for that long. Well, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. You know, <laughs> you know, I'm laughing. We'll see how it goes. As far as I'm eventually being so like, good that you have to turn the base. Like uh, maybe you know what you know. We'll, we'll see some folks raising the roof in there. You know, <laughs> I think we're gonna say like the new day uh, summer in 2000. Uh, was that 15? When it's like yeah. They, had, they got you know it didn't work. They adjust some things, made them heels, and they were like they had done all the stuff to where they were like over in front of the smart crowd, quote unquote. So yeah, like I don't I don't know if that necessarily happens or whatever else, but either way, like the work is going to be so good, um, um, and the promos is going to be so good, and the character stuff is going is already been on point that there's no reason unless they start doing something stupid that this is going to be like what we're doing. And like NXT has been pretty much so consistent with their shows this year. That is like I don't even know what the fuck 2020 was when the when the pandemic hit. I I don't even like it's un, unrecognizable. Um, <laughs> like so like yeah, uh, this was like one of the most fun weeks of wrestling I, I um I've had in a while. Like between Dynamite's great matches with NXT with like the quality of matches they had. Um, like their their um their cruiserweight match. Uh, two out of three falls. Like I really liked how they formatted this match. Like Hill dominated. Hill got the win. Um, they liked it about the cut commercial break, and then Kashida just gets up and hits him with a flash submission. Obviously, you know Hills don't want to waste that. Um, don't want to waste struggling, so they tap out, go to commercial break, and then they go to the final fall. Kashida just works over his arm left and right, and then he pins this man by giving that man a hammerlock uh northern like suplex. And, and bridged up, and he's like, his arm, his arm's been fucked up forever, and then pinned that man. I, I, I really enjoyed that finish. Uh, I thought it was a great match. Like, I, I really enjoyed like what American wrestling gave me this past week. I really did. As far as in the ring, like obviously the Cody thing is his own thing, <laughs> the most of thing, whatever else. But like in the ring, like major American professional wrestling brought it this week. And I was really happy. Man, Nick Aldis would be happy. <laughs> So I think, I think at this point where we need to uh, wrap it up. Um, a little long today, but uh, you know, a lot of stuff. Every week, a lot of stuff. Got to talk stuff. about Joe Budden. Got to talk about Cody's ass and that nonsense. God damn! Uh, Only One Nation Radio. Oh, we we did have a question. Um, okay. I think. Hold on. Let me check this out. Oh, we got a couple uh, that rolled in okay. here. Okay. Um, MJ does PR says, uh, "Do you like Mox coming out the wild thing?" We answered that earlier. Yes, yeah, loved, loved it. it. Um. So he said, now that TK is opening the bag for entrance theme rights, give us your top three songs you'd want to hear in a wrestling setting. Oh, boy, you brought up a really que- uh, question that needs a lot of thought, and you thought we were going to run it off the top of our, off our domes. Um, Man. We'll get to you next week on that one. Let's say we'll get to him next week on that one. We'll answer with that, that one. MJ. He's, he, he, he said um, he would go with You Don't Know from Jay-Z, Bomb Track for Rage Against the Machine, and the Dipset Anthem. Well, I mean, naturally for Eddie Kingston, you got to do DMX stop being greedy. 
because like his song yep. is a knockoff version of DMX not being greedy. So you may as well just get the real Same thing. Sample. It's a better, way better fucking song. Um, yep. obviously. Uh, so there's, so I guess that's one, um, other stuff. I, I, I I'd have to think about it. I, I think I'd probably say on. I really mean it <laughs> for who though. I have no idea. <laughs> See, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, give us, we'll come, we'll, we'll figure some stuff out. I'll give Rich will give up his, give out his list. I'll give out mine next week. That's what we'll do. Yeah. Um, so I think this is Muzza. He says, which do you prefer dead man taker or biker taker? Oh, you know me, dead man taker. Like the biker stuff, I think is just like, that was also like during the worst stretches of or worst run of his career. As far as, you know, just doing awful shit. He was out of shape. He didn't, you know, he was politicking heavy to get motherfuckers, WCW motherfuckers the fuck out of there. Like, nah, man, it's, it's, it's clearly, you look at like his best matches, all the, almost like, aside from what, actually, I don't even know. I think, is that angle match? Was he dead man Tucker doing an angle match? Yes. Okay. So aside from that, like mo- almost the vast majority of his best matches are all his dead man. So what are we even talking about? And also his top drawing years. So what are we even talking about? Yeah, I would say, um, I like the biker taker more than most people do. I th- actually think a lot of people do like biker taker. Um, I do like the undertaker pretty much after 2006, I want to say mm-hmm. um, up until probably like the CM Punk match. Yeah. That's when you, that's basically when you like figure like, Hey man, like, uh, you know, let's put this shit all together. Like before it was like living off of, you know, all the ho- the hocus pocus stuff, and then it's like let's let's learn let's do the real real work or whatever else. Like yeah, absolutely. Like he, you know, um, every single year, like since we had been back for the longest, it was like he's gonna give us a banger at one point during the year, a match of the year contender for the company. So yeah, I'm I'm with you. I, for me, it's Dead Man Undertaker. I think it's relatively easy. He also says Tomohiro Ishii versus Saya Ida over or under four and a half stars. Ooh, ooh. Um, I'll take, mm, I'll, I'll say, I'll take the push right at four and a half. I'm not going to go higher than four and a half. That's, that's kind of what I was thinking. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good over under because like Ida, that's the thing that sucks so much about her Tanner ACL was like. You were seeing it. You saw it in the Seedland match. Like she, and I mean, you you don't you don't get you don't watch like Stardom. You more or less like I give you stuff and you watch whoever else and you and you know obviously you're like you know really into whatever I send you. But like it's something about watching her on the house shows how consistent she is and like the punishment she takes and the asshole she takes and, and the job she has done and the way she bumps is like she. And you already know about like what we talk about, like her great fire, like you know all that stuff and and everything. Like she's really enjoyable to watch, and somebody you she you root for. But like when she, if she was in, and obviously you know she is a power wrestler or whatever. So like it's, it's a match made in heaven. Like if she were to wrestle Ishii, it's like all right, she is somebody who's been wrestling for two years um, or close to three years. Uh, no, two. Uh, let's see, nineteen twenty. This this is her third year, working you know the bottom prelim, prelims or whatever else. And then when she gets her chance, she's had great matches. You know she had a three and a half star match with a woman that I that can't move. That's sixteen. Like you see where this is going. Like and then she wrestles like the best person in that particular style that she wrestles. Yes, it will go off the fucking hook. It it really would. And like I you know that's a match where it's just like 
That's funny. If that happened, I just you know it'd just be awesome. I'd be a blast, and people would be like, "Who the hell is this girl?" Like, oh yeah, that's the that's the the best one of the best jobbers in the world. Like yeah, she, she does. <laughs> that would be awesome. JML, the question he said, last question it says, um, imagine Bushi Road striking a deal with AEW and taking on one New Japan roster member and one stardom roster member to have an extended tour in AEW. Who would you choose from each roster to come over to AEW for a year long run? Um, and I don't have to worry about the ramifications of them being pulled out of the out of uh out of Japan for a year. I don't only gotta worry about the AEW side. Yeah. Um, I know I'd take for New Japan. Yeah. Um, I mean you got, I mean you gotta kind of say Osprey, right? I'm gonna pick Shingo. Okay. Okay. I mean, I can see it. I mean, <laughs> like Shingo's fucking awesome. Like, I mean, there's there's like four, there's like a number of people that on both these lists. Were yeah. Like, there's no wrong answer here. It's just more of it's a like prep, hell it's, it's at this point. Okada, bring your ass over here. You you ain't got nothing to do well, right now. Okada got a slip disc though. <laughs> do you really want? Do you really Come want to take pass? It's, really it's quote unquote easier here. <laughs> you know. Uh, okay, fair enough. Um, I would say just for the fact that making it easier to like build a star, build programs, you know, money or whatever else. Like you know, you know Jericho and Omega, or you know Jericho be campaigning for for it to be Osprey. Yeah, um, so would Kenny. <laughs> you think so? Well, Ken- Kenny would want either Shingo or Osprey. You don't think you want a Bushi to finally do his match? You know what? Maybe, maybe. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I. I'll pick Shingo though. Okay. Um, I'll 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 go Osprey. I'll go Osprey. So as far as stardom. There are two this people. Been lot, this I've been a lot easier had this been when Hannah was around because it'd been like Hannah because she you know like she loves America. She want she you know it would, it would fit in like she she probably has the best English anyone that was on the roster that is actually uh, um, native. Um, I'm gonna take Julia. I don't know how Julia works. Here, with the obviously she's a top star, so if you pick any top star, will work. I I just have concerns of people being like, well, actually, you know what? I'm not gonna take Julia, and I'll, and the reason I'm not gonna take Julia is because like there's Jade and there's Brit that are around that kind of have like that same. Kind of vibe is her, and then they'll have opportunities to get over in a way that that she won't be able to because of the language barrier. Right, right, and like you know, like I just think well, I might go the other direction. Like, <laughs> so for me, it's like, so for me, uh, when it comes to that comparison, it's like I don't like Julia's not going to out charisma Jade or Britt because like Jade is more naturally charismatic than her, and um, Britt is one of the is one of the better talkers we have right now, and like. Julia's never gonna be able to do that here. It would be unfair to even think she could. I, I at this one, I, I gotta think. I, I gotta think. Shuri's the answer here, and <laughs> well, she's there's, got, a, there's an easy storyline right there. You, you know, bring her in and have her fucking murder Sheeta. Yep, you know, bring her in. She could either tag with her, murder her, one one of the two, or just kick the shit out of everybody. You know. I mean, and then you could throw in like, oh yeah, she wasn't. She was signed to UFC. Hard, you know the the you know the the 
the best female kicker in the game right now. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, man, she, um, Shuri's a great answer because Shuri's a great answer for anything involving wrestling. Like, super fucking charismatic. She could do comedy. She could be a fucking killer if she need, needed to be. Like, she's, like, you think of all the stuff we were talking about with, like, Asuka and her, like, peak Asuka in WWE is like, yeah, it's Shuri does that except Shuri's taller. Yeah. I mean, like, she's, I love Shuri so much. Um, uh, okay. If I have to, if I can. What do you think about Azumi? I don't, who do they have the wrestler? Who's, who's advanced enough to be able to do that kind of of matches? Well, yeah, that's a natural match. I think Red Velvet. Yes, that makes sense. Um, Uh, Yuka, if you can get Yuka in and, you know, obviously Shida. Um, as far as wanting to bring somebody in and have it be like how do how if okay so remember when they talked about how they want the Joshis to be um, kind of like their cruiserweight division where it's like they're gonna have these matches that like you were not expecting from people and blow you away yeah. if you want to if you want to do that then like yeah Azumi's the obvious choice Azumi's like Jesus Christ <laughs> well so, she could re- she could wrestle uh, Emmy Sakura when you know that that partnership is rolling yeah I mean she could wrestle anyone she's that good like. She can wrestle anyone. She can wrestle anyone. She's that good. And the crazy, but the thing is, like, she's eighteen. <laughs> it's like, and I've seen Ooh. her. I've seen her as a heel. I've seen her as a baby or on top. I've seen her work underneath. Like it all works, regardless. Like she, she's just so, so good. But it's like, um, I'll do I that Shuri and Ty Conti match. Oh well, I mean, you know, uh, well, I don't, I don't, I don't. That I might mess up someone's uh, article that they're writing. But like, yeah, I suggested that as a, as a dream match for like an AEW stardom merger, Shuri versus Ty Conti and just have them go out there and just knee and kick the shot of each other. Um yeah. so yeah. Uh yeah, I I, I think I'll go with Azumi. I think that I think my my final is for the stardom side. Like, obviously you can go with Mayu and in, you know, because she's the best wrestler. Um but I think um I don't think that like if you realistically try to do that, I think Mayu coming over to America would be a disaster for her personally. So um, I, I, so, and we, and we talked about it before. Like, I don't, I don't think she's built to be like doing wrestling overseas for uh, like long term. I just, or it's a type of like live over situation. I just don't think she's built for that. Um, best, one of the best wrestlers in the world, obviously, you know, like I voted her, what did I vote her second or third for best wrestler, uh, last year? I think yeah. you voted. Yeah. Something like that. So, I don't remember. Yeah. So like that, that's kind of what it is. Um, so I'll you go know, with Azumi. Mayu could come, come wrestle to Abaddon, you know, or or Mel, you know, or uh, what? Why are you or, suggesting these things? Are you trying to troll Leva me? Bates. Why, why you know, are you suggesting Rebel? Why are you suggesting these bad matches? <laughs> why? You know, you know, like you know, last time she was in America, you know, she was out here with Kelly Kel- Klein. You know that 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 yes 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 yes. Got on MSG though. Yeah, that's what, that's what really matters. The, the funniest part is like she, came, like you see the chemistry issues she was having with Kelly Klein. It's like that's Kelly Klein's not that good. And then like you see her have her uh, Ring of Honor title match and start them against Konami. And it's like Jesus Christ, those two. It's, it's like this is this is not this is not a a uh, a miscommunication thing. This is like Konami is fucking up here. Kelly Klein is fucking down here. And there you go. But yeah, that was one of the best matches starting in 2019. Um, but yeah, I think, yeah, I think Azumi's my answer. You, yeah. like, you had this 18 year old doing all this kind of crazy shit. What? She's not even, but like, 
She's so super coordinated, so fast, so fluid. She's innovative and like she's not like some flippy person. Like she will beat the shit out of you. And she and she's tough. Like and she's doing all these crazy bumps on her neck and shoulder and head. Like she's she's I'd awesome. Like to see Sherry and Thunder Rose. That'd be awesome. Yeah, yeah. Sherry and Thunder Rosa would be oh. awesome. It would be. Yeah, but that's that's all I got. Yep. All right. Thanks for listening to the show, y'all. Um, be sure to rate us on whatever app you're using. Listen to this with. Um, also, uh, check out the uh, donation page in Red Circle. Hit us with a donation if you feel like it. Um, help, help you boys. Uh, and so and we ain't got to go broke. So, so we can share this profit. You know? Yes. <laughs> Full circle. Full circle. Uh, go to Tees dot com slash social suplex and pick up some official social suplex podcast network merchandise i actually got a tweet oh yeah check out the olds on top shirt new design i actually got a tweet or reply from somebody that is running an olds on top uh twitter page who was running that page which i didn't ask you about this earlier who's running that page <laughs> who do you think's running that page dan yeah dan's running that shit okay so i thought it was either you or dan I, I wasn't for sure so yeah there you go um so <laughs> So uh, quite, yeah. quite hilarious, I might add. Follow the olds on top Twitter page. <laughs> Shout out to Tina. You know, so you know, Tamina just want won the tag bells. Olds on top. Yes, yes, yes. The oldest combined age for the for the uh, WWE Women's Tag Team uh, titles: Natalia and uh, Tamina. Congrats to them. Olds on top. Um, yeah. Uh, also check out the other shows in the network. One H Radio. Keeping the strong style, the Rick and Clyde Wrestling Podcast, Grown Men Watch This Shit, the Grave Consequences Podcast, Eight Bit Suplex, All Things Elite, and Great Mass Generator. Thanks for listening, y'all. Later. Hey, listen to that J Cole album. Shit's fire. I gotta check it out. Still, you know, I, I also gotta get around to that that Cattle album too. Apparently. We'll see. Nah, you can skip that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all. Later. Please.